Welcome to Weird Kid Video. I'm Cameron Snape and I miss video stores so much I opened one in my own home, packed with the VHS tapes of the trash cinema I grew up watching at a highly inappropriate age. Every week I force my co-hosts Kira Jade Oppitz and Brody McDonald to sit through a movie for us to discuss. So come in and have a look around, sign up for a membership. There are no late fees, but unreturned tapes will be hunted down by a blue shower curtain, brought to life by satanic plumbing and a thirst for human blood. This is Weird Kid Video. business old business old business birdie i have questions really old questions i'm pretty sure you know how we were talking about the bombing of the barracks if that was a real thing in beirut 93 yeah yeah so you knew it was a real thing i said i suspected it was ah yeah well it is okay so we cool. look we look we both have looked it up apparently and no it's, i didn't look it up he, he's just, just become more confident <laughs> since that conversation. He's absorbed knowledge well, no, from you, the air. You brought it up again, so I was like, okay, so I was right. Uh, yeah. In my head. I just didn't say that out loud. And you said people don't die from falling bullets? They definitely do. Lots of people die from falling bullets. I don't remember saying they didn't, but okay, I believe you. <laughs> That's pretty much it. That was the extent of my old business. It was nothing too exciting, but I had it. I did homework. Two Good seconds job. before we started recording. You did. <laughs> you get nothing, so. Damn it. Nothing. I thought nothing there was a prize. Me. I thought there was a prize if we did old business. No. Damn. Then why didn't I get a prize? Then why don't I get a prize almost every week with my old business? Yeah, but you're the you're the teacher. <laughs> don't give me that look. <laughs> you know silence is the thing that scares me most. I'm just gonna cut him out of the podcast. <laughs> Completely? Yeah. New business? New business. New business. This week, I may have gone too far. This week, <laughs> I may this have week, gone too far. This week, Birdie made a weird, really weird choice. <laughs> I regret nothing. This week, we're oiling up, seeing double, and posing like we are real life He-Man, so we can talk about the Barbarians from 1987. At the dawn of time, in a world of savage splendor, a tyrant of darkness ravaged the land and captured two defenseless children. Raised as slaves, trained as gladiators. Only together could they defeat the evil warlord. They were rogues. Look at the size of you two. Adventurers. Heroes. They were the barbarians. Fight or run. Run. The internationally renowned bad boys of bodybuilding, Peter and David Paul. Get out of here, he's mine. No, get out. I'm going. I'm going. Go ahead. The barbarians feel the power. That was a movie. I did. I thought I was going to have a real bad time. 
I didn't think <laughs> I, I we will get to how I feel later, but I thought I was going to have a much, much worse time. I didn't think I was going to have a bad time, but I don't know. It still wasn't what... I don't think I could have expected that movie. <laughs> no one would expect Twin Barbarians. No one ever expects the Barbarians. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Directed by Ruggiero... Diodato and fuck <laughs> Jesus Christ what's this man been doing mm, uh, yeah here we go uh, I'll be honest his work is not really to my taste so I'm not going to pretend that I've seen any of his other movies because I haven't yeah he was 18 in Rome in the 1960s when the kind of Italian film studios were kind of up and running in that city and worked his way up to directing he was a commercial director for a while. He directed a couple of movies and then moved into commercials for a while and then ended up coming back to directing movies in the mid 70s. And he did start in kind of sword and sorcery stuff. He directed like a Hercules movie, but he also did lots of other stuff. He did comedies, he did dramas, but he is most well known for his extreme horror movies that earned him the nickname Monsieur Cannibal. <laughs> okay. You're not a fan of his work. I just haven't seen a lot of it because it's just, just an area of... of cinema that I've yet to explore. Sure. Having seen this movie, do you think you will watch more of his movies? I will talk about it as we, as we move <laughs> on. He directed Cannibal Holocaust. That doesn't sound like, like a good that. movie. Shot in the Amazon for about 100k in 1979. It's a mockumentary that was so realistic that people thought it was a snuff movie. He was arrested in Italy on suspicion of murder. Because of the Mad. movie? Because of the movie. The lead actors had to testify in Italian court to prove that they were still alive. <laughs> oh, my God. Life and, is stranger than fiction. And Didato had to explain how he did all the special effects to an Italian court before they Really? They should make that a movie. What a f- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's banned all over the Have world. Have you seen it? No. I really want to fucking see it. It's banned all over the world, including in Australia. You can get it, but it was banned here for a long time. It was not rated and you could not could not find it. Till I think the ninety sometime in the nineties you couldn't find this movie. Whoa. Well, because um, apparently it was very realistic violence. Yeah, what the fuck? And while no humans were killed, there is a lot of actual animal torture in the movie. Uh. Yeah. And this is a movie that I read about in books. It's a movie I've seen stills of, uh, black and white stills of in movies about cult cinema, about horror cinema. I wanna see the effects. But it's a movie that I've never seen. You can probably just look up the trailer on YouTube and see, yeah, true. see like half of the good stuff. Yeah, okay. You could probably look up all the kills in it on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, good call. Right, if that's what you want to do. I but I see the animal torture. That's but I up. couldn't find it. It's like a movie that I wasn't able to find. And at this point in my life, I don't think I ever really want to. I just I just don't need I'm just not interested. Yeah, it's you're well-versed enough like, that you can choose not to. I love I love horror cinema, but I don't need to see animals being tortured. Yeah, just fuck that. Yeah. Right. But, it's a also, mo- but a movie based on the making of that movie and the trial that followed, that, yeah, that I would watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also notable as being a found footage movie. Uh, and being an influence on movies like The Last Broadcast and The Blair Witch Project. I love huh. The Blair Witch Project. Yes, I know. That's why I bring it up every time that there's a <laughs> connection to The Blair Witch Project. And that's why I say it every time you bring it up. Oh, good. It's a, just a just a circle of praise for The Blair Witch Project. Yay. Cute. Did you, do you love The Blair Witch I Project? I do. Oh, I've never, never knew that about you. <laughs> and the rest of his career... Continues. So is it a found footage style movie? Yeah, it's a mockumentary. It's a documentary oh, crew going into right. the Amazon and finding an ancient tribe and then being then being cannibals. Right. Fuck, that sounds so good. Right. Damn yeah, it, why sense. did there have to be animal torture in it? <laughs> because that's the type of movies that were made yeah. back then. Now I'm not going to watch it. And the rest of his career continues in the vein of cinema extremists, except for 
The Barbarians yes. <laughs> in 1987. This is a swift departure from everything that you've just listed. It's a canon film. Yeah. Welcome back, canon. Yeah, as I said to you this morning, uh, I could have picked that as a canon movie without the logo. <laughs> <laughs> Written by James R. Silky. He has six film credits and they are all canon films. Yes, my boy. He wrote Revenge of the Ninja, Sahara, Ninja 3, The Domination, King Solomon's wow. Mines, and this movie. <laughs> I just started thinking, is Sahara and, and whatever the last one was, King of the Tombs? Or King Solomon's Mines. You've seen King the trailer. Alan Quartermain. You saw the trailer. Ah, I just started thinking, are they all ninja movies? No. But clearly but he, not. He wrote a couple. <laughs> it's canon. Yeah. You don't work for canon and not write a ninja Right. Movie. I mean, just for fun at lunchtime. I mean, yeah, you just gotta. If you walk into into the canon offices and go ninja movie, they go <laughs> money. Yes, here's a check. <laughs> you shoot in two weeks. Well done in Bulgaria. <laughs> Outside of film, he mostly worked in comic books and in the sword and sorcery realm. He worked on some Frank Frenzetta adaptations of comic book stuff. Yeah, mad. Yeah, um, and I couldn't find out much else about him, which is often the way with screenwriters for canon films. Right. Or this kind of movie, right? Starring Peter and David Paul, credited as the Barbarian Brothers. The boys. As Kuchek and Gore. I could not tell them apart. Yeah. Oh, I don't who know are they? I don't know who is who, so we'll be referring them mostly in the collective. The Barbarians, yeah. As the Barbarians. There are a couple of times where they get name checked and then they do something, yeah. so I know who that is, but uh, I don't most of the time know who the fuck is who. It's crazy how fucking similar they are. Yeah. Although I also just couldn't tell if maybe like the quality of the movie was bad that I couldn't tell their like faces apart. Yeah. They must have like worked out the same like routines. You know what I mean? Yeah, to make sure that they bulk the same too. Because in terms of a muscular level, they also look pretty identical. Yeah. Physical bodies are exactly the same. Yeah, yeah and like that's were, not guaranteed. They look like they were poured out of the same fucking mold. It's crazy, man. They yeah. look like actual action figures. Their first film role, and they never start in anything separately. Fair. Always together. Was I mean, in a, would you? It was in a comedy called DC Cab starring Mr. T, directed <laughs> by Joel Schumacher. Okay. Which is a movie that is, it's on one of my lists to see eventually, but I've never got around to it because mm. I am quite the Mr. T fan and <laughs> was when I was a child. Okay. Did not know that about yeah, you. Yeah, neither. Really? Okay. Club of Lang? Rocky Three. I mean, yeah, but that doesn't mean you're a Mr. T fan in general. Strongest man in the world? It's a kids movie from the, okay. He had a cartoon. Sometimes he forgets that we're younger than him. <laughs> okay. This movie is their second movie and the first that they ever starred in. After this, they would star in Think Big, where they play twin truck drivers. <laughs> okay. Double Trouble, where one of them is a thief and the other one is a... Policeman. Cop. Yeah. Mm. And Twin Sitters. Are they twin babysitters? They are twin babysitters who babysit twins. Uh, hijinks ensue can I see all of these movies now probably (laughs) Uh, they were cut out of Natural Born Killers Oh, they had a scene in Natural Born Killers and that was their last credit because after 1994 I think they just walked away from movies were they like wrestlers or something like how did they get started they were not wrestlers really no they're just bodybuilders they really should have considered that. Wrestling, like a, yeah. Considered wrestling, yeah. They're probably too pretty for that. Vince McMahon would have loved them. Mm, this felt like a movie wrapped around a wrestling duo. You know what I mean? Did yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So David passed away in 2020, oh. but I found an interview with him from Dread Central that was done like pretty 
uh, soon before before he died, and I'll link it in the description, where he talked about how they came to be cast in The Barbarians and how they got into movies in general. Interview opens with a question about how they got involved with canon, and their answer is, his answer is, there was an article about us in Playgirl. <laughs> Man. We were dressed like barbarians. Isn't that the most fucking canon thing in the world? <laughs> yeah, 100%. They see a picture of these two muscle-bound dudes dressed as barbarians and go, Let's make a barbarian movie with these two men. Yeah. 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 It's like not just let's make a barbarian movie. It's like, well, these guys are already in the costume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they saw us. They saw us. Uh, and then they went in. We went in for a meeting and they liked us. We met with James Silky, the guy that wrote it. Peter and I came up with so much of that story. It's crazy. We should have gotten story credit back then. We just didn't know the rules. And so the interviewer asked them if all the stick that they did in the movie was made up on set. And David's response is, that wasn't in the script. When we got the screenplay, it was so bad. We thought the only way to make it work was to make fun of it. They spoke Italian and they didn't even know what we were doing. (laughs) (laughs) Which again, I think is very informative about this movie. Yeah. They were talking about doing parts two, three, and four. Everybody thought it was funny, but there was a problem with canon. When the movie was done, they didn't have the money to promote it. The movie was still a hit in most countries around the world, except the U.S., which is like the most important. He then gets asked if he ever re-watches his old movies and his response was, no, I never watch our movies. I've always been an artist in a muscle suit. I never really liked our movies. To me, it was all crap. (laughs) Peter and I were funny and we held those movies together. There were stars in those movies, but you could always focus on us because we kept the movies going, our comedic timing and all that. And that was his response. That is fucking accurate. Yeah, so I don't disagree. I mean, that's what you get when you cast twins because they're always going to have good timing with each other. I love that he called himself an artist in a muscle suit. Yeah. Like, I love that. Because, like, the whole time I'm listening to this review, oh, not a review, I'm listening to this interview, I'm like, yeah, sure, he says that. He's, you know, a big muscle-bound, conceited someone. And then he says that, I'm like, oh, he kind of does know what he's talking about. Like, he has some insight, you know what I yeah. mean? I think they're self-aware enough. Yeah. I think they know what movie they're in. Fucking oath. I, that's the best thing about this movie. It knows what it is. I don't think the movie knows what it is at all. But they, they know, know, know what the movie yeah. is. <laughs> Richard Lynch as Kadar. I know that. I know this man, right? Neither of you remember? Richard Lynch. Dr. E. Wardo from Trances 2. Oh, oh, thank you. He's the bad guy in Trances 2, Future Cop 2. <laughs> Fucking thank you so okay, much. The Return of Jack Death. Fuck that guy. So evil. Not Jack Death. I was going to say, I thought you loved Jack Death. <laughs> I didn't really talk much about him on the Trances 2 episode, but the man worked. He worked a lot, mostly in exploitation of VHS trash movies. Over 100 credits, like Good lots man. and lots of credits. And in terms of other movies that we might see him in, uh, Invasion USA, H.P. Lovecraft's The Necronomicon. Dope. Scanner Cop. Uh, and not much else. He passed away in 2012. His last credit was in Rob Zombie's Lords of Salem, but he was cut out and replaced Ooh. because he was in ill health at that point. Damn. Eva LaRue as Ismene. This is her first acting role. She's the friend, not the queen. Correct. Yeah, she's beautiful. Beautiful face. Like being respectful, like big eyes. She just was gorgeous. Yeah. She was a beauty queen and model before this. That's probably why. She worked a lot with Charles Band. Oh, really? Yeah. She was in Crash and Burn. Awesome. She's in Ghoulies 3, Ghoulies Go to College. What? <laughs> I can't believe that's the name of a movie. I can't believe that's a movie. <laughs> Thank you. Is Do it they ghoul go to college? class? <laughs> that's a great question. You're going to have to wait and see. <laughs> but it's going to be so long. I will have forgotten. You can answer. No. I love the thing. <laughs> <laughs> She's in Robocop 3. 
which is unfortunate oh. for everybody. Mostly her career is in television. Lots of guest appearances, like one-offs okay. in lots of shows, including one episode of Freddy's Nightmares. Hmm. From 2005 to 12, she was a main character in CSI Miami. Ah. And is still working mostly. Yeah. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. That's the one where they put the sunglasses on. Oh, no, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> and she's still working mostly on soap operas. Okay. Other cast members I will talk about as they appear. And yes, I'm going to talk about the Dirt Master. Trailers, two trailers. Two trailers. Both canon films. Yeah. First Significantly off, more normal movies than the actual canon movie we watched today. <laughs> yeah. First off, Charlie Bronson as a Secret Service agent protecting the First Lady in Assassination. Protecting the highest office in the land demands the toughest man in the business. Thanks for coming back for Inauguration Day. But you're not getting the president to protect. Oh? You get one mama. The first lady? I've been reading and hearing about her. She's a very difficult woman and a bad influence on the president. Sure gonna miss the hell out of Nancy Reagan. It's not safe to sit up that high. If you don't get down, I'll have to pull you down. Somebody just tried to kill you. Million dollars is a lot of money for near misses. Terror is a very expensive game. Treason? Get on with it. The highest thing afraid. I don't need secret service. These terrorist attacks are aimed at you. Anyone in your vicinity is automatically in danger. Charlie, when Mama's running for cover and I'm going with her, I'll never look for you on one of these. How could he possibly have known where to find us? You've been reporting our whereabouts to the president? Charles Bronson. Has it ever occurred to you that the president might be the one who wants you dead? Jill Ireland. Cow would never hurt me. Bronson, assassination. Is that what it's called? I thought it was just called Bronson and Uzis because that's basically what the trailer was. Well, the way that the trailer frames it, you'd think that the movie is called Bronson, assassination. (laughs) But that's just his name above the title. It's like almost as big as the title. Because Charles Bronson sold movies. He's so old in this movie. He's so old in all of the canon movies. It looks like a fun action action movie. Yeah, does it? It does. It, it looks like, terrible, it like but it, it will be fun. It looked like good action. Yeah. Yeah. You've been reporting our location to the president? <laughs> it's like- it's, What if he's the one that's trying to kill you? <laughs> it's like um, almost like taken level action, but like without the editing to hide how shit it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. But also it has some pedigree. Okay. It's directed by Peter Hunt. No. Who you guys wouldn't know, but he was the editor of Dr. No from Russia with Love, oh, Thunderball- shit. Goldfinger, You Only Live Twice, and he directed the James Bond movie on Your Majesty's Secret Service. Shit. Well, maybe I should... I should uh, Shut your mouth? Yeah, because it could be good, and I'm just paying it I out from a trailer. I think it's going to be good from an action point of view. I, I think it's still a think canon it's movie. Probably a canon yeah. movie. Yeah. It's probably the best he could do under the, under the circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> situation. Uh, this was his last movie. 
Probably Ooh. had like three days to shoot the whole thing. Or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's I, tough. I actually kind of like Charles Bronson's Canon movies because yeah, he he looks so old, but also <laughs> um, it, you're clearly watching a man who has no interest in anything that he's doing. Yeah, hundred percent. But and not trying to hide it, but he's being a good sport because they're paying him. <laughs> all those Death Wish movies, man. All the se- Death Wish sequels are so much fun because they just get more insane and more insane. And Bronson is clearly just like, you want me to do what now? <laughs> I've I've never watched any of the Death Wish ones. And you can't because we're going to do it for the podcast. All of them? <laughs> we're not going to do Death Wish 1 and 2. We're going to start with Death Wish 3. But can I watch one? No. Oh, my God. So going? we're having no context going into 3. Yeah. I think that, well, that's probably the idea. You can probably watch 1 and 2 after we watch 3. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, no, nah, that's yeah. pretty sick. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher Reeve as Jonathan Fisher, a journalist with a deadline in Street Smart. I could get you an interview with a Times Square pimp. In 2,000 words, I am going to look into this man's skull. Jonathan Fisher is a reporter with a deadline. Why is it that I can't get anybody to talk to me out here? Look, I gotta go. He's about to get a dangerous idea. This is fantastic. Where'd you get all this stuff? Easy. You made it up. Now he's crossing the line between fact and fiction. To Tyrone. And his lie has landed him in the middle of a murder investigation. Bail is set at $250,000. Mr. Smalls can make bail. Make him an expert on you. I want everybody to know he wrote that story about you. Jonathan Fisher. Jonathan, right, right, right. I will show you the streets, brother. Jonathan Fisher has a lot to learn. I take the bread. Take it easy. Yeah? Absolutely no one refuses to comply with my subpoenas or withholds evidence from my court. Remove the prisoner. He thinks he's tough enough. You're going to write them notes that everybody's been asking for. But then you're going to say that on the day that that dude bought it, you and I were in Rockaway somewhere having a hot dog. If you tamper with evidence, if I even think you're tampering with evidence, I'm going to put you so far away you won't even remember what the streets look like. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get you. But he'd better wise up fast. Because there's only one way to survive on the streets. Out of blow your brains out right now. I'm dead. You're dead. Christopher Reeve, Morgan Freeman, Street Smart. You know, you know what this movie is, right? It's just Superman, but just Clark Kent. You because know? he's a journalist. Yeah. But that's what it is. You're very clever, Brody. <laughs> but that's what it is. It's just, and then Morgan Freeman being fucking dope. Yeah, this looks looked kind of good. Yeah, so he gets dragged into the gutter after re- reporting a story that he made up that I think gets somebody killed. And Morgan Freeman as Leo Smalls, aka Leo Fast, Smalls, good name, aka Fast Black. <laughs> this is his so on the nose. This is his breakout role. He was nominated for an Oscar for this movie. Are you fucking kidding? No, that's why I said the words out loud to you. How have I not heard of this movie? Well, because it was a massive flop. But he got nominated for an Oscar. He got nominated. Yeah, but movies can flop and still get nominated for Oscars, Brody. Don't they just rig it now so only the ones that do well We're get- not getting into the politics okay. of the Oscars. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, it was a passion project for Christopher Reeve. He'd wanted to make this movie for quite a long time and he got it made by agreeing in exchange- 
to be in Superman. Shut the fuck the up. The Quest for Peace because it's a canon movie. <laughs> oh. That's how this movie got made. Yeah, and it had critical buzz, but Canon couldn't afford to promote it, so it fucking flopped. As they if they always care. make they, that they, mistake, they, don't they? They get their money on the front end, this don't is, they? This is the we're spending way too much money on stars era. This is the, like the end of Canon. Ah, uh, yep, yep, yep. They limp along for a few Sorry, years. not Canon. It's Charles Band that makes his money up front and he doesn't really care how yeah. his movies do, yeah. Who's going to recap the premise of The Barbarians? Ooh, fuck. Me? I do so bad every time. Fuck. Um, hey, I make you sound better. <laughs> you do. We um, edit you so that you're coherent. <laughs> um, At least so there isn't like 30 second gaps between your fucking words. Yeah, thank you. This is about two brothers fighting <laughs> fighting against okay. an evil king. Like, don't take bits from other things. Make up your own goddamn bits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. But it is two brothers fighting against an evil king. To rescue their kidnapped queen. Fuck it. That was pretty good. Find a ruby. You forgot about the ruby. Yeah. Yeah. MacGuffin. <laughs> it's not a MacGuffin. <laughs> Is that not the, plot? the definition of the, a, a no, MacGuffin? A MacGuffin uh, no, not at all, actually. You never <laughs> actually know what a MacGuffin is. Isn't a MacGuffin just the central object that they're chasing to move the plot it, along? It is an object that the characters care about that we, that we, the audience, do not care about, but it gives them purpose. You Generally, you don't know why they want the MacGuffin in the traditional definition. So a MacGuffin- Really? Yes. So a MacGuffin would be a briefcase- that we don't know what is it. That we don't know what is it. Right. In. Okay. 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 Which they do in like one of the Mission Impossible, the Rabbit's Foot in Mission Impossible Three is a Mac- is an actual MacGuffin. Okay. Yeah. So do you, you don't ever know. Find out? Are you allowed to ever find out what the point of the it thing is? It doesn't matter. Usually, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's the point. That's oh, why it's Pulp a MacGuffin. Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. The Blockbuster Entertainment Guide to Movies and Videos from the year 1998. Yes, it has a fucking entry for the Barbarians. Ooh, yes. It reads, bad movie traditions pass their plebeian torch in their sword and sorcery anti-epic. Bodybuilding twins, the Paul brothers, following the tradition of their muscular predecessors, starring as siblings, battling their evil captor. Two stars. They, um... The Blockbuster Guide's usually pretty accurate. They were flexing their, um... Their word poles. Yes, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Jenna Maslin of the New York Times... Shut up. ...did not review this movie. Oh, my God, that would be perfect if she did this movie. Every week, he thinks that she's going to have reviewed i got to keep the dream alive. That's true. (laughs) I did happen. We'll do a movie that's more mainstream, and then she'll be around. Exactly. No, no more mainstream movies. This is it. This is where we live now. (laughs) Michael Wilmington of the LA Times in May of 1987 wrote... Arg, glah, frog, woo, woo. Those are among the most memorable lines in The Barbarians, the movie debut of the Barbarian Brothers, David and Peter Paul. The Pauls are renowned bodybuilders, talk show guests, and movie comedians whose biceps and triceps seem swollen to the size of small hams, and who otherwise talk like two guys on the Jersey Turnpike. Years from now, these sparkling barbarian bonbons will be recalled by devotees, along with a few other longer speeches like, bring on the virgins, and there aren't any virgins. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in they were virgins they just only had two okay um, spoilers <laughs> don't spoil the virgins in the barbarians the Pauls play Kuchak and Gore twin behemoths who sometimes look who sometimes make Conan look effete only the word wizard of Hollywood or whoever dreamed up their adventures and filled everyone's mouths with moronic babbling manages to defeat them even so one element in the barbarians is worth high praise somehow director Ruggiero Diodato and his crew have contrived to make what must have been an inexpensive production shine 
with Sumptuous, a road warrior's raffishness and gleam. Seldom has a movie looked so good and sounded so dumb. <laughs> that is Michael another- Wilmington of the LA Times. That is another fucking very accurate review. That is- Two reviewers who know what this movie is appreciate it, but also... I don't think that man appreciates it. I think that man just wants to try to figure out how to get Bonberian Bontmonts into a sentence. <laughs> yeah, true. It's like, as we have talked about, that's a good day at the word factory. Yeah. You I write appreciate those words, the you first, have a little break. I appreciate <laughs> the first line of his... Of his uh, yeah. What was it? there. Keen, could we get a good get a reread of the first line? Arg, glar, frog, yes, roar. They that's were a, memorable that's some, lines. That's some good writing right there. <laughs> yeah. My backstory with this movie. Oh yeah. When um, you're a small child, you used to run around and pretend to go a barbarian with your friend Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Hide in bushes. Okay, his name was Rian. Rian, sorry. He grew up in a cult. And no, I did not. <laughs> I saw all of these guys' movies as a child. Fuck yeah. Not even remotely surprised. They were a big deal. These guys were a big deal for me. Really? Yeah. I saw all, I've seen all of their movies. Yeah, because kids would love hilarious. this. Because kids would not see it as dumb. They yeah. would just see it as funny. Yeah. I thought they were great. Yeah, exactly. They're I like they action were, figures come to life. They are exactly like action yeah. figures come to life. Yeah. The imagery of this movie is deeply embedded in my brain. I feel like this is almost- The swamp a, and the dragon. Yeah. And all that stuff that was like just, yeah, blew, blew my mind. I did think that this movie was more serious than it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I knew going into it that it was, in this watch that it wasn't, but as a child, I obviously took it a little bit more seriously. Yeah. This feels like almost more authentic He-Man than the He-Man movie. <laughs> I might have a section where I talk about that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, this was my Conan the Barbarian because I didn't see Conan the Barbarian until I was much until I was much older. And I've only actually really started to appreciate the movie in the past few, in the past few years. But I tracked this movie down on DVD in 2017, so I have seen this more recently. Uh-huh. Before then, I hadn't seen it since I was a small child. There is a Blu-ray that came out in 2020, but as far as I can tell, you could not stream this movie anywhere in the US, UK, or Australia. <laughs> it's not streaming. That's a shame. Considering the Canon Library is with MGM, maybe it'll eventually it'll pop up on Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah. But as it stands, you cannot. Shall we talk our way through the barbarians? Yes, Let's please. Let's do it. Okay. The credits roll over the uh, sweet synth music of Pino Dondaggio. He also did the music for Meridian. Uh, as we see the a still of a battlefield. Well, the funny thing is, is I started watching this movie with my TV muted and I didn't know it was muted. And when I first started watching this movie, I was like, oh God, because the visuals at the start, it's like kind of heavy without the like narration and the music. Work, right? <laughs> so like, and I'm sitting there and I'm like watching all these like skulls and crosses just in full silence. And I'm watching it, watching Caravan. And I'm just like, full silence, all these weird people. I'm like, this is starting off with a tone. Like then I like realized it was on mute and the stark difference in tone, like maybe it could have been one of those earlier movies that you mentioned with like the heavier tones <laughs> on, you mute. on mute. Yeah, so did I- you turn mute off and then go back to the start <laughs> and re-experience? Sure. Good start. Good start to the podcast. <laughs> Already like tobacco filters and then we get some nice avant-garde editing and a lot mm. of uh, voiceover exposition. A lot of voiceover exposition. So much voiceover. Yeah, Samantha will cut it in here. Once upon a time, long, long ago, there existed a world of savage splendor. An age made for adventure. A time of darkness, of demons, of sorcery. It was a time when man, woman and child were ruled by the sword. But one tribe 
the Ragniks had the right of safe passage throughout this world. In the dawn of time, their ancient king had traded a mountain of gold for a single sparkling ruby. The stone was magic and contained the secrets of music, of joyful laughter, of human kindness. A wise and good man, the king knew these things were far more precious than any earthly treasure. And so the Ragniks became the world's entertainers, storytellers, musicians. They were joyfully welcomed everywhere. They adopted the orphan twins, Kuchek and Gore, and a little girl, Kara. And they gave them the Ragnik mark of the open road to show they too now belong to the tribe. And the ruby passed from hand to hand, from generation to generation. And in time, a young and radiant queen, Canary, became the sacred guardian of its magic. Long voiceover. Long voiceover. Yeah. I wish that these guys were got to be in it for longer. The Ragnicks yeah. in general? I wish that there was more Ragnicks. Okay, that's, that's my note for the movie. <laughs> I would have liked more Ragnicks. That's it. That's, what, that's all you got. Like happy Ragnicks. Happy Ragnicks. You wanted more happy Ragnicks. Yeah. Yeah, the opening shot's it's actually really weird. beautiful. It's a, it's a tracking shot across a battlefield to reveal the Ragnicks wagon traveling through. And then we kind of get all these visual introductions to the Ragnicks while <laughs> the voiceover is playing. The editing there is, some, is fucking bizarre. There is some avant-garde cutting yeah. in the sequence, as I mentioned. As I, I mentioned. will say, though, it does focus in on each one of them and you kind of, like, get to see them and you go, oh, okay. You get a visual introduction yeah. to everybody, even if you don't really know who everybody, yeah. who everybody is. So it does work. You know, yeah. um, pocket-sized Kuchek and Gore are jumping off the wagons and then jumping back in. We see the sword, the, the knife thrower walking behind a wagon throwing his, throwing his knives. The, the twins are lifting tiny weights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Set up. <laughs> Also, it only just dawned on me now that Kara is another orphan that was like picked up with him. Cause like later in the movie, they're like, it's Kara, it's Kara. And I was like, didn't she introduce herself? Like, why are you going on about this name? I only just realized, <laughs> don't give me that look. You didn't figure it out throughout the movie? No, I just thought she was just another Ragnik when they like found her. Like, I didn't realize she had already been like dropped. Introduced? Yeah. <laughs> It's all the way through the movie. <laughs> it's kind of a... I know now, guys. Yeah. Waiting for them near the border is Kadar and his men. They give chase and attack. Sword and Sorcery Fury Road. Yeah. Lots of goons falling off horses. That is actually, like, so true. Yeah, such a know. Fury Road chase such right a, now. Such a Mad Max chase. <laughs> yeah. It's a convoy of good people heading across the desert, and then the bad guys are trying to pick them off. Fully. Well, yeah. Good pick up. Thank you. The Ragniks defend themselves, and but also take some losses. And there's some dangerous stuff in there. One of the Ragniks jumps from a moving wagon onto a horse and drags a dude down off the horse. Yeah. yeah. It's actually pretty good. He ends up getting speared. They have a giant crossbow, but the giant crossbow doesn't fire a crossbow bolt that you just kill a man with. Instead, you fire it at the ground. Two little things pop out of it, and it trips horses. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting choice. It is an interesting uh, choice. Goons uh, start setting wagons on fire. And then Canary gives the ruby to Greyshaft to hide. <laughs> Greyshaft, I didn't catch his name. Oh, we're going to have fun with names. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And he jumps off the wagon and rolls away. Allura gives Ebar a crystal ball, which he then throws and it explodes. 
and the Ragnicks get away. All is he well. then looks sad, like he didn't like, think I about the fact that he was throwing yeah. it away. What the fuck is? I mean, we I've got stuff for later, but what, what is, the fuck is with Ebar? <laughs> is Ebar the dude with the big hair headdress thing? Yeah. He, did anyone else think he looked like the fucking lemur out of um, uh, uh, what's it called where they go to Madagascar? Does he not look like the lemur out of Madagascar with the like big eyes? I mean, he looks like a human man with a headdress. Nah, oh yeah, have a look again <laughs> and have a look at that lemur. He okay. looks exactly the same. You know, if I totally possible, we could have gone a thousand years and I never thought the movie Madagascar would be referenced <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> I do like the penguins in those movies. Yeah, right? Just smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. Kowalski, progress report. We're only 500 feet from the main sewer line. And the bad news? We've broken our last shovel. This this chase, it went for so fucking long. Well, but it was also mesmerizing. I was very worried about the safety of the horses. Can we get some clarity on oh, whether yeah. or not the horses, the horses were not <laughs> no, treated well? No, we don't well. want to ask that question. I mean, it's an audio medium, but I'm shaking my head. It's a movie made in Italy in the 80s. The care of the horses was not the priority of the filmmakers. Mm. So those horses probably took some bumps. Mm. Mm. That's sad. Yeah. Poor horses. In, in the era. 80s? Yeah, even. But, but it's like the fucking Wild West. Oh. You're making a movie Spaghetti in, Western? in Europe. Well, that's where spaghetti westerns were, were. I mean, most of them were shot in Spain, which is weird. Really? Yeah, because Spain has deserts. Oh. Well, pull one out for the ponies. <laughs> Just wait for that's the, so good. Instead of pull one out for the homies, that makes so much sense. Well done. <laughs> but in a pass, there's more bad guys, and they surround the Ragnicks. Canary does some fucking capital A acting to plead her case. Jesus Christ. I love the acting in this movie. It suits the movie. You know what I mean? Everybody's doing their own thing, which yeah. is what often happens in, in movies made in a country where not everybody speaks English. This has Everybody kind of takes care of themselves. Yeah. This this kind of movie, it, it has one of those, the feel of those movies that is just like, it's, it's not just one person going out to make a movie. It's like, we're all in this together. Let's just have fun with it. It has a style to it that's like not super serious. You know, those movies that just like... Well, it's hard to tonally command something as a director when you don't speak the language yeah. that the people in front of the camera are saying. The Ragnicks have the right of free passage. It is written. And then Kadar replies, no. This is written. It is time for you to learn the pleasures of surrender. She defends herself, but some goons uh, bonk her on the head. And one of the goons grabs her as Kadar walks down the wagon, laughing and threatening to kill members of the tribe. This also just goes on for a really long time before he does, in fact, stab a woman. I don't know what it is. Everything that I watched, I was like, okay, this is going for so long, but I'm not mad at it. I actually find the movie to be quite breezy. breezy. The movie is breezy. I I was doing, when I was doing the notes for it, I'd done a chunk and I looked to see how far into the movie was and I was 50 minutes into the movie and I was like, fuck, okay, well, there's actually not that much longer to go with this. Yeah. So yeah. Canary begs for him to stop. Kuchek and Gore jump off the wagon and attack Kadar. One of them bites off two of his fingers. Oh yeah. Chekhov's fingers. Yeah. We just both stop talking. Yeah, because I'm just trying to recall why the fingers come back to it. Oh, yeah. I remember why the ch- It's a thing. Okay. We'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> Set up. Payoff. Okay. okay. When we get to the, when we get to the payoff. We're literally Chekhovsing it right now. We're, I mean, it's always a check. I at least check off one, try to check off. But like, we're like thing. podcasting Chekhov. Oh, yeah. You do do that, actually. Yeah. Every episode. Yeah. Canary begs Kadar not to kill them. Why are they magic? Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, steroids, are steroids are kind of magic, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Canary promises she will do as he wants and obey him if the twins are allowed to live, and he makes an oath that they won't die by his or his men's hand as long as she keeps her promise. And then at Kadar's fortress or his palace, he's- Is she technically not obeying him by not giving him the ruby? That's exactly what I thought. Because, like, that's his main request and she does not fulfill it. Like, she does nothing he says no, at all. She just doesn't try to break out of the prison. Yeah. But, like, when he he has one goal, that goal is the ruby, she says she she'll obey help. him and she does not technically obey him. Yeah. No. You'd think he'd be more annoyed about that. Yeah. But he's so into her that he doesn't really care that I mean, much. yeah. Yeah. I think he wants the ruby, but... I want the ruby because I want to be ruling, but really I'm kind of happy just to own you. Uh, That's made clear throughout okay. the later part in the movie, yeah. yeah. At his fortress, he's welcomed home like a conquering hero by his people, and it's pretty grim. That fortress is pretty... Also, what the fuck? The sprawling landscape just before, and now this massive set. Because Italy, and they're just using a real ruin. Oh, fuck. So they're just using good... It's just good location work. That's dope. Yeah. No wonder they, they didn't film build Italy. that. They're just filming in an ancient in an ancient ruin. Surely it would be harder to film in an actual ancient ruin in Italy in the eighties. And it depends on what you're needing to do there as well. What you reckon they just let you film in like no permit and just go yeah okay whatever. I'm sure they got a permit. <laughs> we didn't say no permit. We just said that it's easy to use those locations. They're everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not like they blow it up. And in his throne room, his throne sits on this wooden diocese that's held up by slaves. Yeah. <laughs> Actually a really great piece of design. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of cool. That was fucking awesome, right? Enter China the Sorceress and his and the Dirt Master. Acting is, <laughs> yeah, acting forgot is, about that name. Acting is real hard, guys. Yeah. <laughs> China asks Canary where the ruby is and she won't give it up. And Kadar orders her to be taken to his harem. A goon has Kadar's fingers on ice in a goblet. And China tells Kadar the fingers must be burnt and the ashes scattered or they can be used against him <laughs> for black magic. He confronts the twins and asks who did it. Which one of you did this? Me. Yeah, they're so yeah. cute. I knew that you would enjoy that. She uses her dark magic to burn the fingers in her hand and throws the ashes at the children, waving her hands around like she's a fucking Power Rangers character. And but she kind of is, Rita. <laughs> she is a little bit, yeah, right? She traps them in a web. Is she a spider? Yeah, it's a bit weird. I don't know, I don't know what was happening there. Yeah. Uh, again, just choices. Just people making choices. Yeah. I mean, she didn't choose the webs. No, she didn't. I, I didn't say her, but just yeah. people making choices. <laughs> like, we'll put the children in webs for some reason. Yeah, so bizarre. Kadar shouldn't let them live, but he made a pledge. I made a pledge, sorceress. They're not to die by my hand or that of my subjects. Then they shall die by their own hands. And then we get some very strange, weird edit magic. What do you mean? It's just a weird, there's, a, there's some like weird cutting. As she's moving her hands around, we get these like flash cuts of different, th of different so things. So they can put the webs around. Yeah. yeah. And she gifts the twins to the Dirt Master to train. And then we get the Conan the Barbarian. Is it montage. Dirt Master? I thought it was Pit Master. Dirt Master. Oh, that, that's pretty funny. Also, that guy. Oh, we'll talk about it. Okay. I also wish we got more of the Barbarians as children. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would have been cute. Because they grow up in, in montage through a yeah. series of cuts, just like in fucking Conan the Barbarian. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, they do the exact same thing. They do the exact same thing with the wheel. 
Conan's pushing a wheel around in, in Conan the Barbarian. And I don't remember that You see that movie. his calves and then they do the exact same shot in this movie. Oh, I don't remember. How many years after Barbarian is this? Uh, so Conan the Barbarian, ooh, that's a good question. I think that movie's fairly early in the 80s. I think it's 82 and this is 87. So right. it's for you, there's already been a Conan sequel by this point and also Schwarzenegger played Conan a third time even though he's not meant to be Conan when – he got conned into doing Red Sonja where he was meant to work there for three weeks and he was there for six weeks and then he was the co-star of the movie even though that's not what he signed up for. But that's a story for another day. Is this where the narration happens again? Yeah, in the pit? yeah that was I, that was weird that, yeah. the, that the, the narration, narration came, came back. But it, it also, that's the last time it comes back. Yeah. It's the last time it comes back. <laughs> but it's to explain. It's, it's, it's one of those things where... It's to explain the thing with the helmets. Yeah. 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 And that they've will been use, split. And Samantha will use her haunted sword to cut it in. Brothers were separated and put to work in the prison called the pit. Their schooling consisted of a single lesson. But they refused to obey and rebelled. For his disobedience, Kuchek was systematically punished by a giant in a black helmet. And Gore by a giant in a brass helmet. In this manner, they were trained to hate whoever wore the helmets. Nevertheless, they remained rebellious and unbroken. And they grew until they were men, but not ordinary men, barbarians. The animal within them had taken over. No one could tell if either twin remembered or cared about his brother. Too much time had passed and too much anger. Look, all I can say is this script jumped all the fuck over over itself. Like... I thought they were building up for like, yeah, I thought they were building up for like a, uh, like a Coliseum death match where they get these two brothers in together and they're going to fight each other. I mean, that they is in the movie. Happen. No, but I thought that was going to be the big climax. Oh, you oh. thought that was like the end of the movie. Yeah, I thought that's what they were building it up to because they put so much work in like building up this payoff that's going to happen yeah. in like a little bit. <laughs> so- yeah, but they, they also set up that the ruby is the whole thing. Yeah. So they need to get out in order to go find the ruby. Yeah, 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 true. They get taught to fight and kill, but they also rebel against the Dirt Master. They're bad boys. And every time that they're bad, barbarians, well, they're not barbarians yet. Kuchek is disciplined by a giant in a black helmet, and Gore is disciplined by a giant in a brass helmet. Did you know when that came up that that was what they were going to do? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I thought, yeah, I just thought it was going to be a little bit more like gladiatorial. I felt that's where we were going. Right. So but I loved this montage, though. I felt like it was really good, like, visual storytelling, and it didn't need the narration, you know? No, that feels like producers not trusting an audience. I guarantee you. Golan and Globus saw the movie and went, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> you give them such little credit. Because <laughs> I know about them. Yeah. No, but I yeah. guarantee you that their read is that, why is this, happen- why is this happening? I mean, they're making movies yeah. for the lowest common denominator So the exposition well. voiceover makes sense to me because it's a canon movie yeah. where they just explain. They, yeah. they literally just top load the movie with all this 
exposition about yeah, everything else. So there's no exposition for the rest of the mo- rest of the movie. Yeah. They do no work in scenes to set anything up ever. Yeah, that's true. That <laughs> is do, real true. You do need to make sure that people know that the brothers think that each other is dead don't know that, then you'd think that even with masks on they should recognise their twin brother. Yeah. Because, you know. You have the exact same body as me. I yeah. don't need to see the face. Okay, I'm going to talk about the Dirt Master. <laughs> Go on then. That is Michael Berryman. He is fucking everywhere. He's in lots of stuff, yeah. He was born with a rare condition that I cannot pronounce the name of, uh, Yahoo, that means that he doesn't have sweat glands, hair or fingernails, huh. which has made him well suited to a career in horror films. He's he like, doesn't have fingernails? He doesn't have fingernails. I've never heard of anything that makes you not have fingernails. Yeah, his most famous role and the movie that freaked the fuck out of me when I was a kid is Wes Craven's The Hills Have Eyes, mm. um, which is about a family that gets stuck in the desert and is terrorised by a family of cannibal savages. And that's, a, that's a good movie. That is a good movie. That's a hard thing like to find. I feel like I've seen it, but like... I don't remember it at all. He's also like played like orcs and monsters and stuff. Like I'm sure he has. I have a list. Oh, you do. I'm sorry. (laughs) Every week with this guy. (laughs) Because I know things. He's also in Mutronics, the guy of a movie. Dope. He was the skull cowboy in The Crow, a character that was cut out after Brendan Lee's death, who was played by Kadeem Hardison from Drive in the TV show version. Oh. Hey. I have seen footage of the Skull Cowboy. He looked amazing. Wait, he played a version of a character that Kadeem played? Yeah. That's nice casting. He's in Double Dragon with Mark Dacoscos. Right. And he worked a lot with Rob Zombie. He's in like Devil's Rejects and a bunch of stuff because he's- Fuck yeah, that's a good movie. A strange looking man. Mostly in horror. And he's very also very popular on the convention circuit in the US. That is, there's Michael Berryman. He's also, he's just one of those guys where he's obviously so recognizable. Yeah. You, have just, you just see him and stuff and you're like, yes, that's that guy. They grew until they were men, but not ordinary men, barbarians. <laughs> Oiled up animals with no memory of each other. They are fucking huge. Yeah, they're giant. And also, like, just such not natural muscles. <laughs> you know, like they try and build it up like they got these muscles from working. No, they didn't. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Kadar, many years later, has Canary in a cage. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. That's why she's called Canary. That is also, entirely why she's called Canary. Also, do you reckon they had a conversation about how many women to have in Kadar's room? Because it seems like... They probably got as many as they could. Yeah, it seems like every single woman that was on set at that point, they're just like, we're going to have you be part of the harem. Yeah. It's surprising that she gets to keep all her jewels. Well, he's gifting her jewels. Yeah. I he's love trying, that. He's, yeah, he's, he's trying, trying to, to woo her. He's trying to woo her. So he's a sad warlord because she doesn't love him, even though he's gifted her with vast riches in jewels. Yeah. I fucking it's love just that. strange for a captive. And then he <laughs> gives her like a new, he's giving her a new necklace and she says to him, it looks like a chain for a slave. But like and he gives her all his time and thought and she's bewitched him and she gives him nothing in return. Yeah, he's ignoring the rest of his harem. Yeah. I think this is confused a little bit, though, like now that you're saying that. I love – it's a bit on the nose, but I also love that her pearls become her chains. You know what I mean? She's covered in in pearls because this person wants to, like, keep Mm -hmm. her in – in, and make her fall in love with him. But then there's so many and she just keeps refusing and she's in this prison. But then also it's almost like he's – you know, he's not getting, like, he's not ruling or anything like that. So well, it's that's, this weird power dynamic where it's like, it's not someone, like, lording over it and then it's not yeah, someone. That's the, that's the plot of the movie. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, but you would feel like. I think it's interesting. I think it's an interesting. It's an interesting, interesting choice. choice. Yeah. yeah. Because normally 
I mean, Kadar's not a good guy by any stretch of the imagination. But they really normally, humanize him. Normally, he wouldn't have another side. He would yeah. just be, you know, the, the maniacal leader that wants the wants, wants That the wouldn't have been common at this point in movies, would it? I don't know. Could be. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's kind of more of a modern trend. Yeah, and no. Trend-wise, yeah, but I think that... It could have happened, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it works. China comes in and confronts Kadal. He's grown weak. He's still master, but what power he has is in her heart. And there's still a chance to loosen her tongue, the twins are ready to die by his command. So be it. The bastards will kill each other. And then in Thunderdome, <laughs> like a long, narrow Thunderdome as opposed yeah. to an actual dome. Yeah. Yeah. Each of the Barbarii. Yeah, I'm fine, I am. You don't have to know that that was coming. Barbarii. Is put into a brass and a black helmet. And from his elevated throne, Kadar gestures that the gates be opened. Twin fight. So, the, yeah, the buff twin fight. Buff twin fight. Yeah, so they're wearing each other's tormentor's helmet. Yes. Yeah. It's good. I actually like it. It's great. It's brilliant. And they're evenly matched. A rando sticking his hand through just the wooden case gets fantastic. it cut off. That's right. <laughs> See, how can you say they didn't know what kind of movie this is when, like, they do bits like that? Let me rephrase. It's not that they don't know what movie they're making. It's just the director has no tonal control. Yeah, okay. Right? I yeah. Because it's... It smacks you around from, like, serious and funny, yeah. Yeah, all over the place. Yeah. You would think that everybody else would pull their hands in after they see that happen. (laughs) Nobody nobody then is self... Like, if if I was directing that scene, after he does that, then everybody pulls their hands in. Yeah. Also, like, you wouldn't stand that close if, like, a sword could come through as well, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I guess you don't expect the sword to come at you because the... True. Fighting each other. But I'd definitely be one of the people like I climb to would, the top. I definitely wouldn't have my arms flailing inside <laughs> the thing when people are throwing stuff around. Yeah, it's just, probably fine print her. on the back of the ticket for the entry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, instead of splash warning, yeah. stab warning. Stab yeah. warning. <laughs> they fuck each other up and start to fuck up each other's helmets, which, by the way, when they're cut apart, you can just see that they're made of fiberglass. Yeah, <laughs> it's like metal doesn't break no. like that. They have each other's faces. That's it. Take a good look, you lump of hogness. I'm looking. Yeah? Then suppose you tell me what you're doing with my face. What are you doing with my face, you bastard? Yeah, so at this point, that oh, I think that's Gore, and I think Gore has a yellow headband, but the headband's also change colour from scene to scene. Oh, that's <laughs> so it made it really confusing. They probably did that on purpose. Yeah. Kushek <laughs> is like, yeah, you're an idiot. I'm your brother. Why are my brothers dead? And then Canary screams for them to stop. The barbarians then fuck up Kadar's platform, pull down a fence yeah. and escape on horses. I love how they're like, well, we got to fight back then and immediately throw down their swords. <laughs> yeah. They're stronger without them. Yeah, pretty much. Kadar's goons give chase and the barbarians ride into a forest. Wait, wait, wait. We didn't talk about their little bodybuilder run. <laughs> Did you guys notice that? Did I mean, bump on all you? of their movements. Yeah. <laughs> the little waddle run kills me. Yeah, because their thighs rub. <laughs> and they can't like yeah, move their arms fun. in like full range of motion. They're absolutely just fucking action figures, man. <laughs> they yeah. ride into a forest, get rid of their horses and hide to find a young woman in a cage is Mene. Look at the size of you two. This is Minnie's lucky day. <laughs> Why don't you come and nibble on this cage and let his Minnie out of here? <laughs> <laughs> and in a grove, they find the rotted and abandoned wagons of the Ragnik. No colors, no music, nothing. This is China's doing. What I want to know is, mm-hmm. isn't this a moving caravan? They're held in place by the vines. Yeah, but like it was a moving caravan. So like, 
How did they know where to go <laughs> to find their caravan, you know? Every, okay, geography in this movie, real screw. <laughs> yeah. Everything is really it's close. It's a magical land. Everything's really close and yeah. also very far away. And we Oh, my God. We didn't we, even mention how long the horse ride was to get to the caravan. Yes. It fucking went on. <laughs> yeah. The remaining Ragnicks come into the grove. Be careful. They've changed. Meerkat man. Stay where you are, fatty. Who you calling <laughs> fatty, moosehead? They drop a net on them. The 80, the sound in this scene is very strange. There's a crowd of ragnicks, right? And they only make sound occasionally. Like mm. they only they like they're silent and then they make noise and then they're silent. <laughs> That's like such a good pick but up. it cuts in and out. And one of the ADR lines when the net gets dropped in the front of the ragnicks is we caught them, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so high in the mix. And then the sound just cuts off for the rest of the conversation for the rest of the conversation. All of this bit is so fucking hilarious. Yeah. Like this is this is the point where I was like, I'm not gonna lie, I was dreading watching this movie. <laughs> And then I, I thought it was going to be a real fucking slog to get through. But this is the point in the movie where I was like, oh, I like low-key love this movie. <laughs> yeah, I think, that, I think fairly early on I realised this wasn't going to be a hard watch. No, it was so much fun, right? Yeah. Everything in it was fun. I mean, they're fun. Yeah. But like, yeah, they, they make the movie they fun. They make the movie yeah. fun. Yeah. The Ragnicks don't believe they're the twins, so they're going to hang all three of them. <laughs> they string them up on a wagon. No, and the, this is fantastic. Oh, my God. This is the best part of the movie. Yeah. And the twins want to know where Kara is. She'll recognize them. They don't remember who Kara is. Oh, she left many years ago. Allura. I get that now. Allura asks Ebar to wait. How do they know of Kara, perhaps? But it's too late because the Ragnik that's on the car just pushes Kuchek off the, <laughs> yeah. off the wagon to hang. He starts doing his fucking moose call and then oh. flexes his neck to snap the rope. Can we Can we do it? Wait, hold on. <gasps> is, that, is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. Oh my God. When that started happening, I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they do that in all their movies. <laughs> Those <laughs> sounds, <laughs> these sounds that they keep making throughout the movie. It's like, a moose call. They're the fucking best. Yeah, uh, yeah. he laughs and then does the moose call even more. Gore flexes free as well. And then he breaks a branch when he, he flexes. He jumps as and breaks. Yeah, this it's movie just- has everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then Allura comes down and checks their necks. And they have the mark of the open road. Now they can get to work. They need weapons to rescue Canary. Ebar says that it's no use. They have no weapons. That motherfucker is wearing a sword (laughs) on his belt. I also bumped on that. I'm glad you did. Well, he didn't want to give them his sword. It might be some type of like ceremonial, like whatever. But if the man needs a weapon, just give him your fucking sword. Yeah. No one is strong enough to oppose Kadar. And then they just lift him up. Are you kidding? We're huge. (laughs) So good. And then Ismene knows where where some weapons are. Hey. Hey. I know you can find the weapons you want. If someone wouldn't mind loosening these ropes, perhaps I wouldn't mind loosening my tongue. This fucking movie, man. I know. And she does she know that she's Kara? Yes. Because okay. it, the movie does not do a good job with the reveal. Yeah, it really yeah, it's doesn't. Just that later, later, one of the barbarians calls her Kara, and she says, "Who? I, who knows? Ah, oh, I didn't pick that up. Yeah, we'll maybe talk the about magic has hidden her name. We'll talk about mm-hmm. it when we get there." Okay. She's taking them to a tavern, the Bucket of Blood, 
where everything can be bought for a price and everything Wait, is bigger on the inside. Wait, the name of the, the tavern is Bucket, bucket of, of Blood. blood. You yeah. need to steal that for a D&D game. Uh, yeah. It's actually not an uncommon tavern name in, in role-playing games. Because uh, that's, that's just a great that tavern a great name, name for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like buried in the dialogue. Like It's one of the things about this movie is there's actually lots of detail in it. Yeah. Like, it feels it plays like a movie that is fast and, fast and loose and has no attention to detail. But there are actually tiny details all the way through it. The, uh, but the sound mix is kind of bad because it's all dubbed afterwards mm. because nobody's nobody's being recorded on location because that's not how Italians make movies. No. And so, and also like Ebar, e- that's not his voice. He's being, he's an Italian actor that is being dubbed into English. There's tons of that through the whole movie. Oh my God. So there's all this kind of detail that just floats by. And the only reason that I notice is because I have to watch Wait, the movie. Wait, is Ebar the meerkat guy? Jeez. Yes, the meerkat guy. Yeah. He's not speaking English. He's, he's just mouthing the words. No, he's yeah, he's speaking English, but with a strong Italian accent. Oh, I'm Italian such an idiot. Accent. I'm such an idiot. <laughs> we knew that. That's not a report. That was the dumbest thing I think I've ever said on this in podcast. In Italian movies, sometimes sometimes when you when in this era of making movies, everybody just speaks their own language uh, and then it gets dubbed in post production all into English. Yeah, that's actually that's not funny. uncommon. So mm. you'll have an actor who is just saying their lines in Italian, who's just saying their lines in, Ita- in Italian. Because I was about to say, they dubbed him really well. Like it looks like the words are perfectly matching <laughs> yeah. up. While they're trying to buy weapons, Ismene is going to try to figure out a way to sneak them into Kadar's palace. And then inside the tavern, it's a fucking party town. Uh, it's also Doctor Who's fucking tavern because it's bigger on the inside. It's <laughs> way bigger on the inside. When the thing that they go through on the outside is just a fence, you don't actually see the building. The building is inside beyond the, beyond the fence. <laughs> it looks like it's a small tavern and then you go in and it's like a, like a party room. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a big space. Um, um, I have a tangent question. Sure. You watch Doctor Who? I used to quite religiously, the newer ones. Okay. I haven't watched. I did not know that about you. I haven't watched the last like two or three doctors. Yeah. We talked yeah. about it quite a long time ago, mm. but yeah. yeah, there's a woman on stage dancing as men try to grab at her. And Gore, I think, walks up to a guy. Hey, buddy, nice eye. By the way, you know where we can buy some weapons? Hey, buddy, nice eye. Uh, by the way, you know where we can buy any weapons? <laughs> 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 Fucking straight. Uh, such good dialogue. This feels, this, the, uh, at this point, this is where this movie starts feeling just like a D&D campaign. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this might be the most accurate D&D movie that's ever yeah. been made. So true. It's like just walk into a tavern, go up to a guy that looks a bit different and be like, hey, where do yeah, I get weapons? Can, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the dungeon master says, you know, it's a smoky tavern. A woman dances on stage as, as grizzled <laughs> yeah, men. Try I can picture gra- you saying this. There's uh, a man with one eye. There's a man with one eye that looks, that <laughs> nice looks shiftily eye. at you. And I, if I was hey. playing Bebop, Bebop would go, hey, nice eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Straight from Jersey to the mythical land of sor- swords and sorcery. The one eye guy leads them to Jacko, played by George Eastman. He's a guy that shows up all over Italian B-movies. Mm. He's like a familiar face in Italian, Italian B cinema. He's also a screenwriter. He wrote a lot of Italian, Italian beat movies. So, I, you know, that's a treat if you're into Italian beat movies. <laughs> a little Easter egg there for you. Yeah. Jacko will give them a deal on weapons and horses. There's some nice business where one of the barbarians splits an apple in two with his bare hands and then hands the other half to his brother. Do you guys notice yeah, that? Yeah, I did see yeah. that. That was cute. Yeah, just subtle. I'm so strong I can rip an apple into. Yeah. Which is like a thing that normal people can do, but like I was watching him do that. He did that so easy. That apple was probably already cut in half, bro. Oh my God. It's a film apple. 
Correction. Correction. That was the dumbest thing I've ever okay. said. Here comes a confusing bit of business. Like I had to run this back, right? Jacko wants to see their gold, all of it. They throw a pouch onto the table and one gold coin and a ring pops out. And Jacko is happy that they want to overpay him. Yeah. The first time I was watching no poker it, face. I, the first time I was, no, no, no. The first time I was reading it, I was like, they've got one gold coin. They don't have, they any, don't money. have, they have money. any money. Yeah. That's the way it plays. But I guess there is a clinking noise that's suggesting that there's more coins more. inside the pouch. Yeah. Oh, is that what that, yeah, I completely misread but that scene. I had to, yeah, I had I to I thought go they back. were being sarcastic when they said. Exactly. That's why I had to run it back. Yeah. And I thought they were being sarcastic. Like, oh, you're going to overpay us. You only gave us a dollar. Are you hear it serious? Like, I <laughs> thought it was funny. like a, like a, that kind of thing. And then. Now we will kill you for the insult. <laughs> the insult, yeah. But did, no, they're totally fine with it. Where did they get that gold? Yes, thank you. I assumed they got it from the Ragnicks. Maybe. They or didn't. From, or they from don't. The, the lady. They just suddenly have yeah. gold. And then the two brothers banter about, about overdoing it, and then they want the gold back. <laughs> so Jacko wants to make a new deal. Then we'll make a little game of wrestling with the arm. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Why the fuck would you want to arm wrestle these guys? Because he thinks he's big and strong as well. I also, there is another reason. Look at the size of that man's eyes. Yeah, but it's like a man thing. It's like, oh, this person walks in here with muscles. I'm stronger than that guy. So it's their gold against all his weapons. But if Jacko wins, he wants them to throw in the woman too. Yeah, a bit fucked. (laughs) That they're just like, yeah, sure. Deal. Well, they know they they can't lose. Super Tress and tries to leave, but is blocked. The barbarians argue about who's going to wrestle. I think it's Gore that wins. You get out of the way. No, you get out of the way. No, me. Out. Out. (laughs) Just fucking around. By the way, Jacko is just casually wearing a snake around his neck through the whole fucking scene. Yeah. Which took me a minute to notice. Uh, He takes it off and puts it on a table. Who is your little friend? This little darling, Freya. Freya, that's right. Tell Freya to go eat a rat. Yeah. (laughs) My arm wrestle. The snake rears up and hisses at Gore, and it's clear (laughs) that there is just a crew member holding it out of frame so that it is in frame. Mm. Um, He hisses back at the snake, and the snake runs away like it's scared. Yeah. What the fuck is this movie? Yep. Uh, The barbarians win. Gore throws a punch, and of course we end up in a bar fight. The barbarians just fuck everybody up. There's lots yeah. of body slams and stunt guys just getting yeeted into things. So yeah. many wrestling moves. So many wrestling. That's why moves. I thought they were wrestlers. Just nah, so just many. That, as far as I know, they never did any professional wrestling. Yeah. But also, what other moves are these gentlemen going to do? Yeah, hundo p. Yeah, they escape, and is mainly somehow found out that Canary's being held in the harem and there's a secret tunnel that will take them straight there. And so to be clear, convenience. They, they won that battle, but they don't leave with weapons. Yeah. <laughs> no. I think that's because... But they got the, infom- the whole point. But they got the information about how to get into the harem. Yeah, but... Yeah, but they needed there weapons. There was two things. They needed weapons and they needed to know. They won the thing. I don't think they... they won d- the battle. <laughs> they won the fighting. They won the brawl. They still don't have weapons. They I- couldn't have just taken some of the weapons off the people who were fighting them. Yeah. I don't think they actually... Did they go there to get information or just weapons? Mostly so weapons. As they're going in, as many says... I'll go find out how I'll to get in. I'll go find out how uh, to yep, get yep, into... Yep. You get the weapons, I'll find out how to get into the... Yeah. Yeah. As it turns out, they don't need fucking weapons to get into the Not harem at anyway. Could have been helpful to have if they just had gone up. <laughs> they just walk up to the gate of Kadar's place. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot of good security work going on no. in this movie. They steal some cloaks that are hanging out of a wooden chest, but the top of the chest is shut by a woman who's sleeping on top of it. And one of the barbarians just picks her up <laughs> and they take the cloaks with the barbarian then taking the woman with him over his head. Yeah. <laughs> no, put her down. Put her put down. Her down. <laughs> and then he puts her down quite gently. 
Yeah, you can see her legs flexing to like do the. You can see her hand holding onto his arms uh, to hold her in position. <laughs> At the giant gates, they argue about who's going to shove is, them open. There is a line that is coming up. Sorry, so I won't preempt it. That's fine. But Ismene just picks the lock, and they of course run through the open gate and trip over. Ismene throws off a drunk guard. She's just another working girl. No, doesn't he say? Doesn't he say not bad for a working girl? Yeah. Like, is to compliment her, like, she's pretty? Well, yeah, but, I mean, she's not dirty. This is a fucking line. That is a line and a half. Holy it's also, shit. Let's not unpack it, but... Also, that guy is so dubbed. Like, he does the cartoon... <laughs> he goes... He's, like, a drunk, right? And yeah. he's doing the cartoon, like, hiccup noise through the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. it's so not his voice. <laughs> it's like a cartoon voice coming out of that man. <laughs> yeah. The barbarians hide under the cloaks. And they just sneak through all of the sleeping goons. They're almost—they're oh, almost spotted by some of uh, Kadar's guards. What do they do to hide, Ken? They make out. Yeah, that's got to be so awkward. That's got to be so awkward. Even for a comedy bit to do that with your brothers, got to be so fucking awkward. They briefly stop by an orgy to make more moose calls. Oh yeah. And then at a tunnel, they watch as as Mene tries to move the rock covering the entrance. They just watch her trying to do that and kind of laugh. <laughs> Moving it themselves, she's going to stay and watch out for guards. And she tells the barbarians to be careful in there because Kadar has been neglecting his harem because he's in love with Canary. Yeah. Yep. There's some there is some things that are said in this. There's movie. a lot of stuff that's played for comedy that is mm, on with a modern lens. On the questionable side of yeah. taste. Yeah. On the plus side, n- not really anything like that actually happens. happens. Yeah. It's actually yeah. just kind of referenced it's as a, a concept as opposed to there being Instead of the issues. scene being played for comedy, it's yeah. just a throwaway line. Yeah. Yeah, yeah much better. Inside the harem, they always get distracted by the many women laying around sleeping. <laughs> so fucking many. But find Canary. <laughs> One of them puts his cloak over, over a naked woman, which will become important on the way out. You sure took your time getting here. We hurried, but... Never mind. You've grown. Ankara? No. No one's seen her since Kadar captured us. We gotta get you out of here. It's crazy that she recognises them, other than the fact that they're twins and what's the chances, but, like, yeah. they do not look the way they did when she last saw well, them. She, she would know them because she saw them fighting, remember? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. They want to free her, but she tells them not to. Instead, they should retrieve the belly stone. This is the first time it's been called that. We're like 40, yeah. 40 minutes into this movie. Because it's not like she takes it out of her belly when she gives it to the other guy. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ruby. Greyshaft hid it at Lime Tree, the Forbidden Lands. Greyshaft. It gets me every time. Sorry. You are a child. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> She asks them about what they remember about Lime Tree from the stories she told them as they were children. And they recite that's where the Ragnarks hid their gold. It's guarded by an enormous dragon called the Gravemaker, and no one can defeat it without, without, without the sacred weapons. They knew that. Yeah. During all of this, one of the women in the harem has woken up and snuck off, which again is also. But she only heard the beginning. Yes. She didn't hear the whole story. She didn't hear the whole story. Mm. They have to go to the tomb of the ancient king where they will find the weapons. And she is staying, meaning Canary, so that Kadar doesn't know what they are up to. And then as they are leaving, Gore goes to take the cloak back off the woman, but the naked woman from earlier wakes up. So do some of the others. And then there's some more moose calls, as I assume Canary watches them get laid. This is the thing, like... (laughs) 
<laughs> Wouldn't sleeping with them? Yeah, first of all, let's address this mother-like figure watching these two twins. I mean, I'm sure she averted her eyes. <laughs> Yeah. Just looked on proudly. That's my boys. <laughs> no. Let's let's just address also. It's got to alert some guards. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Best way to get caught sleeping with about 50 women. In the morning, as many wakes up under a pile of men. Oh my god. And yeah. finds the barbarians. It was they were huddling together I for think warmth. Maybe she was keeping yeah. them to get near her for warmth. Yeah. Yeah. One of them is pretending to be dead in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> And then there's more banter and the horses are waiting. So they ride off. It's this movie's fucking insane. man. Everything around here. Like I know we've already addressed the sets, but it's just so impressive to see it in a movie like this. Yeah. I have a piece for later. Yeah. I have a place where I picked to talk about production design. Cool beans. Part that I really like. Okay. I left it for there. Interesting. But we'll come, we'll get to that when we get to it. Back at the harem, the dirt master is whipping canary and asking about the ruby. The woman who snuck off from the heron has told China what happened the night before. China and her goons ride out of Kadar's palace. Kadar visits the harem and is enraged by the sorceress's treachery. He wants China. No one defies Kadar. And then we're already, we just teleport to the entrance to the tomb of the ancient king. Yeah. For something that like the journey takes so long every single time, there is just no journey for this. No, it's a waterfall. They walk through and find a tunnel before it. That was so cool. I thought that all waterfalls had tunnels behind them when I was a small child. Thank because, you. Because of this movie. Thank you. I, is it just not something that you always think about when you see a waterfall? Like, I just want to go underneath and see if there's like a little tunnel. Yeah, absolutely. And also video games. Like, if I see a waterfall in a video game, there's something behind yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and yet there's very rarely tunnels behind waterfalls in real life. <laughs> Some movies have ruined me. I don't know. They explain to a confused Ismene. And also for us, I guess. Listen, pay attention, okay? We've got to get the sacred weapons through the tomb of the ancient king. Or we'll be defenseless against the dragon. Got it? As they move the entrance rock to the tomb, everything in this land is just hidden behind rock. A beast man watches them. Yeah. This thing freaked me out as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) This fucking movie is a trip sometimes, hey? Yeah. In the tomb... They find the resting king and his golden weapons. And this is where I want to talk about how good this movie looks and how great the production design is. Huh. Because it's way better than the quality of the movie story. Seriously, like, this though. This movie is fucking great looking. The tomb, are you talking about like when they get in with the like um, yeah. the weapons? Yeah. yeah it's, it's fucking gorgeous. It's a really good looking movie. I love the design and I love this tomb in particular because there's, there's this carving of a snake that kind of winds its way all around the edges of the tomb. Okay. You kind of already touched on this earlier as well, but this is what He-Man and the Masters of the Universe should look like. Yeah. Like this movie is what that movie should look like. And it makes me wish that an Italian knockoff of Masters of the Universe existed. That would be dope. That would be dope. Yeah. Yeah. Because back in the 60s and 70s when it was harder to enforce copyright law, the Italians were notorious for making knockoff unofficial sequels to American movies just Good for the fuck of it. Good on and them. And also just to sell them in, in Italy. So they made movies like Zombie 2, which is a sequel to Dawn of the Dead, unofficial sequel to Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> it's called Zombie 2. Zombie 2, because in Italy, Dawn of the Dead was just called Zombie. <laughs> with no E at the end. Zombie. Yeah. They made Return of the Exorcist. Yes. Alien 2, Alien on Earth. Mm, yes. 
Jaws 5, Cruel Jaws. <laughs> These are, the funny thing is, is the Jaws, Jaws aren't cruel. <laughs> yeah, but also like that Jaws sequel is probably just as good as like the third sequel. Jaws you know? the Revenge. <laughs> yeah. Notorious Jaws the Revenge. And a movie called Shocking Dark that is a knockoff version of Aliens. <laughs> but they've already done a knockoff version they've already of done a knockoff version of Aliens. <laughs> so that movie was sold with the titles in Italy, several different titles, depending on where you saw it. Terminator 2. <laughs> Shit. Aliens 2. Didn't they already just do an Alien sequel? Well, they did Alien 2. They didn't do Aliens 2. <laughs> Alienators and Contaminator. Alienators. Contaminator. Oh, my God. So Fuck I would yeah. like to see the Italian version of Masters of the Universe. Yeah. Fucking A. I want to see all those movies. With this production design. Yes. That that kind of shit of unofficial sequels is not just limited to, to Italy. There's a famous Indonesian movie called Lady Terminator, oh. which is a sequel to the Terminator with a female Terminator oh, yes. in the 80s. Wait, isn't that just T3? Yes. <laughs> It's great. The barbarians pillage the tomb, but Ismene is grabbed by a beastly hand, which one of them just probably rips off. Yes, that was so funny. And then another hand comes out of the ground. It's ripped off too. It's we so more, cool, man. We get more moose calling. We get a little bit of um his his uh, the director's uh, gore yeah. heritage, I suppose. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. a little bit, little bit of gore. We'll get some more gore later. At Lime Tree, which is actually a swamp. Yeah. I assumed that once they, you know, the ruby had left, it became a dark land. I'm writing the movie in, in between the scenes. <laughs> That's not a bad read. Uh, yeah. It's not a terrible read. China and the Dirt Master find the ruby on a snake statue just out in the middle. Again, very He-Man. Yeah. Snake Mountain. As she does some magic hand-waving nonsense, her soldiers are dragged into the swamp by monsters. Yep. I like the design of those monsters. Yeah, the yeah. monster hands coming out were pretty impressive. Looking. Yeah. And then back with Kadar, he swings his sword at the wind as the ruby is taken. I don't know what's going on there. No. Yeah, I don't get it. China takes a, takes the ruby. She and the screaming dirt master get eaten by some type of giant rat monster. Back in the tomb, the barbarians are loading up with weapons. I don't want the axe. I want the sword. I want the axe. I don't like the axe. I want the sword. I want the axe. Good. I like the sword better. Oh, their business is great. Yeah, Good. It's, it's Good, I like the sword better. <laughs> this yeah. is them shining again. Again, let's just it's make- It's very cute twin dynamic. They definitely came up with that. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely them just making up business. I, I missed it before, but was there a shot when the people come out of the swamp that was in reverse? I the splashes no- looked weird. I didn't notice. Uh, okay. That's all right. Could have been. I mean, I wouldn't put it past. Because I was just wondering why they do that instead of doing it. Why in- they would do it? Because if the monsters can't see. Oh, right. So often with prosthetics, monsters can't actually see what the fuck they're doing. So if, huh. if the shot was in reverse, and I'm not saying it was, maybe they started grabbing them and then they let go and go back into the water because that's easier than them trying to pop up and grab something. That and like hit cues as well. Yeah. yeah, they probably couldn't hear under there. Yep. Okay, cool. The wolf beast thing comes to the door. As many I thought it was a minotaur. It's really not. Because it's like a guarding yeah, and a maze yeah. kind of thing. No, it's just a weird creature. Some um, sort of werewolf monster. As many hits it with an arrow. 
eight jumps into the tomb and just gets his head cut off straight away. Yeah. And then they start fucking around with the head. But like also, <laughs> like <laughs> this was real. Like they just gave her PTSD. You know what I mean? Like they've literally just got a decapitated head and they're just like, rawr, 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 putting it in her face so inconsiderately. It's, this movie's fucking insane. <laughs> I know, she handles bizarre. all of this drama quite well. <laughs> she, she takes it on, on what, what's that saying? Takes it on the chin. Chin? Is it? She's, not a good she's she takes it on the ample pecs. <laughs> takes it on the. Oh my God. Maybe it is chin. Fuck me. Guys, move Anyway, on. This she's great. Bad, this is a bad podcast. Oh, no. We're fucking all, all over the place. <laughs> oh, I am. Jesus Christ. At Lime Tree, the barbarians and Ismay arrive and fight the swamp monsters. <laughs> Again, everything just is over real quick. Like there's yeah. no. Like with the wolf beast and even with the swamp monsters, they just kill them like straight away. Like yeah, and the have, dragon. They have no trouble with anything through this yeah. entire, entire movie. They're OP. Except like. They're so OP. They're so. Le- le- well, even then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They find the snake statue, but the ruby's gone. There's no ruby here. I should kill you. <laughs> just again, just more banter. They fight two of China's surviving goons. Again, killing them pretty quickly. And then a giant dick rises from the water. It's Naked the mole rat covered in fucking moss. It's a giant dick yeah. with an extending <laughs> shaft. It's fucking crazy. It's on the cover. It looks it? so fucking dumb. Yeah. I hadn't noticed it. Was in my cool. head, yeah. watching this oh. movie as a child, I remember there being a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> it does get talked about. Also, have you noticed that like the main villain on the cover is not the main villain? Yeah. That's <laughs> no, the Dirt Master, it's, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's yeah. the Dirt Master in between them. Yeah. Even in the, okay, so even in the image on the cover, the dragon has like a tail and stuff that kind of like sweeps around. You literally only see its neck. You just see its Oh, shaft. you see its underbelly as well. Yeah. You do see its tail at one point, don't you? No. No, I'm not sure. No, no. I could have sworn I saw a tail. No, it's they don't have a tail. They have a they have a hydraulic thing that lifts out of the out of the water and the head extends out. Do you do you see the dragon with people in front of it, do you? I thought it was literally just something small that they were shooting tight. No, it's big. It's huge. Oh. It's a giant animatronic that is clearly just like under the water and, and people it has it. such limited movement. It yeah. can raise up, can move raise its dick up. Yeah, yeah. They can't even move side to side. It doesn't move side to side. It raises up and the head extends out the end of it. Oh, uh, yep, 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 yep. From its foreskin. It is real povo. It is real povo. You didn't also- have to add that bit, Kane. You didn't have to. <laughs> it's a visual I, I medium. It. It's, it's not a visual medium. I have to auditorially explain. Yeah. About the big dick. <laughs> the big dick monster. It's very Freudian. It's weird how Kara, or whatever her name is, is Manet, um, finds armor for a woman inside the king's tomb. <laughs> the queen's armor. Uh, yeah, but it's only the king's tomb. The king can't be married? Yeah, he can. Do they share tombs? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, fuck me then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the dragon scared the shit out of me as a kid. Yeah, I remember I having, I remember having nightmares about that fucking dragon. I, can I mean, it's that. a little bit creepy. It is kind of yeah. creepy, especially when you're, when you're a small child, right? Yeah. Fight or run, and they run. And then his many has an idea. I found a hole. <laughs> oh my god! So the barbarians Such are going to hide idea. in a hole. She'll be bait, and they'll kill it when it comes over the top of the hole. And then the dragon chases her because she says, "Here, dragon, dragon." Yeah. <laughs> here, dragon, dragon, dragon. Come on. They stab upwards into its gut, 
And its guts and black green blood pour out all over them. Oh, Jesus gross. Yeah. It's so much fun. I love how they're just like, like just it's sapping just, upwards. Yeah, the the choreography in this movie is just non-existent with the fights. You know what I mean? It's just like you have to do this, just flail around until that happens. But with this, they're literally just going like, just poking up haphazardly. Stabbing up. <laughs> yeah, there's no like realism to this at all. It's just like, you're killing the underbelly. Go for it. Yeah, they crawl inside the dragon. <laughs> oh, that's to right. its stomach and find China dead but fucking intact. Yeah. <laughs> Just laying inside the dragon. They never have the, to deal with China. Holding the ruby. <laughs> See, the thing is, is that obviously, okay, cool, so they found it, but they don't know that the dragon ate China. No. Yeah. So why did they climb into the dragon? Because they assumed that they couldn't get out of the hole. <laughs> yeah, it's the only way that's out. How did they get out of the dragon? Also, the insides of dragons are just hollow. Yeah, you can just walk around in there. It's like they're inside a snake. There is like a ribs and a backbone and stuff. It's pretty fun. Yeah. The lighting's fun. They do that kind of color, fun colored lighting in this sequence. It's a good time. <laughs> it really is so Oh, silly. my God. Kadar finally leaves his palace, even though he knows that China ran off and, like, he delays leaving. I guess he had to pack. Um, and <laughs> is traveling to, he arrives at Lime Tree via a different cave entrance. Yeah. How many fucking cave entrances are there to this place? <laughs> the barbarians do another bit where they fuck around. Who has the ruby? If you got the ruby? And then his No, no, no. You it. didn't say the barbarians leave and then Kadar comes. They haven't left yet. They haven't left yet? No, they're back at they're back at the waterfall, right? They're on their way out. And then oh. Kadar arrives at a different tunnel entrance. That's right. That That's apparently right. also leads to In my to mind, room. I totally forgot that the king's tomb was connected to Is it? <laughs> <laughs> the geography. So I thought they were going to the King's Tomb, right? And then going to And then to going it. to yeah. Lightroom. But apparently they're right next to each other. Yeah. And you can go through the same entrance. <laughs> I totally, that didn't even click on me until now. This <laughs> is not a movie that cares about geography. <laughs> no. Do you think they fucked that up or like that was an edit or something? I just do not care. <laughs> oh, how so, funny is it that they fucking leave and then go straight back? Oh my God. Don't even, <laughs> fuck man. Now talk about a movie that doesn't know what it's doing. Hey? Yeah, I know. So Ismene has the, has the ruby. She gives it back to them, but then one of them gives it back to her and tells her to take it back to Ebar, and then he calls her Kara. And she says, says who? who? Then he goes, you're Kara, to her. So is he just giving her the title of Kara? (laughs) No, he just figured it out. But the movie doesn't... How did he figure it out? He's not an intelligent man. But it's not a... Like, you think you would save that reveal for the end of the movie. It's also, like, not high in the mix. You know what I mean? It's kind of low in the mix. It's hard to hear, but he calls her Kara. And then, yeah, so they're blowing that reveal when it could work much better later. I thought that he was, like, being almost like metaphorical kind of thing. Giving, bestowing like you're, her the yeah, title like of you're Kara, part yeah. of our family, you're Kara, because Kara was one of them kind of thing. Yeah. It was how I kind of read it when she said who, because it was like, yeah, because she doesn't get that reference, mate, was how I read that. I Until, thought that she was taken with the twins and like yeah. she didn't know she was Kara, but apparently she does because she's like, hey, I got the, we'll get yeah. to that, but yeah. I figured there was going to be a reveal that she really was Kara, but I thought she really didn't know that she was Kara. Yeah, same. This movie doesn't know what it's doing. I also, not going to lie. It's barely functional. Like, let's be honest. This <laughs> yeah. movie is barely functional. 100%. As a movie. It 
skates on being a good time because it looks great and because the Barbarian Brothers are fucking hilarious. And yeah, as long as so you don't true. think as long as you don't think about it too hard because you're doing a podcast, <laughs> you'll have a great time. <laughs> I, I literally, not gonna lie, until I like understood later in the movie that like Kara had disappeared. The whole business with Esmene and Kara, I just thought it was two names that she had, and I didn't realize <laughs> that they didn't know where Kara was or who she was. You know, they exit the waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> and wash off. Yeah. They yes. wash the guts off. Well, they did well, one spend does. some time. No, they, don't they both do it. do it. Do they? Yeah. yeah. Oh. You just can't tell them apart, bro. <laughs> yeah, true. It's funny because they didn't have that much goop on them when they were inside. Inside the tunnel. But then but when yeah. they can't get out, they put more goop on them so they can wash it off. Yeah. <laughs> got something to do. Yeah. Also, I kept thinking how, like, that would have been so refreshing for those two actors because, like, they have oil on them 100% of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but they're probably used to that. <laughs> yeah. It's many leaves. And they say good luck to her. Do you think we can trust her? Of course we can. She's Kara. And then we get this strange piece of conversation between the two of them that explains why they're going this way to get behind Kadar. But we don't know which way that they're going because, as we've already talked about, we have no understanding of any relationship or any geography. Yeah. Kadar reaches Lime Tree and... He's late. Yep. It's all over. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's all over. He missed it. Canary is with him and she tells him to give up. And then this is Intercut with his Mene checking out the ruby. Uh, she's in a forest, and then Kadar begins to monologue. Is that like is is that meant to be her like questioning? Oh, do I run away with it, or do I go back to the tribe? Who the fuck knows? Because like it serves no. There's a lot of things that serve. It no serves purpose. a purpose. It could serve multiple purposes. Yeah, because okay. it's not clear why she stopped to look at the ruby. Yeah, I read it as because I wasn't sure that I didn't think that she knew she was Kara. I thought she was like remembering okay, so what is, the what, ruby. No, no, actually, I just thought she was going like. So what is this thing that we've been going on this oh. big adventure for? <laughs> Let me have a look at it. Is it is it is it going to do anything? Like I thought she was sort of. But maybe that's when she does could, figure it, out. Maybe she's looking. Kara. Maybe looking at the ruby sparks a memory and and puts her back. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, our version of this movie has more context. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kadar's talking shit about how he's going to kill the barbarians, and Canary screams or calls for them. The world shakes at her call, and then. The barbarians hear her and change the direction they were going. She is a magical singer yeah, <laughs> called Canary. That. Yeah, I get that. But they change direction yeah. from the direction we didn't know they were going to a different direction we don't know they're going. Yeah. And then Kadar's still fucking talking. Canary says a bunch of bullshit about eagles and serpents, which we'll cut in here. You will never get your hands on the ruby. Only the eyes of an eagle can gaze on the ruby. blinded by it and his mind confounded and then it confounds Kadar and it's again intercut with his many being bedazzled by the ruby sparkling in the sun he tries to stab her but she's turned into a fucking kaleidoscope and then eventually <laughs> he does stab her through the heart yeah this and the ruby stops sparkling as a kid her death really upset me oh kian baby kian yeah i was really upset that they killed off canary in this movie she was one of those actors that like she was like an old style actor where they're so glamorous in a movie you know what i mean mm. Like they look so like pure and blonde and sparkly, you know what I mean? So as a kid, those characters, you're always like, oh, they're so pretty. 
Yeah, probably. I was expecting her to survive when she turned into a kaleidoscope. That yeah, that they wouldn't, <laughs> that he wouldn't be able to stab her because he can't see her, and, but then, the, and like that. But would she be didn't move. Yeah, she, that's not. Yeah, it's like so she did. Why her fault? Is so why does she turn into a fucking kaleidoscope? Like what is happening? I think she's magic again. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, he holds her as she dies, and they're actually quite sweet with each other. But yeah. she's like, "I'm free. I'm out of your cage." I mean, they literally have spent a whole lifetime together. Yeah. So and then I understand. In that it's kind of nice. Kanara is sad. Yeah. Yeah. Ismene reaches the Ragnix. She tells Ebar that she has the ruby, but it turned into stone. Meerkat Man is here. Yeah. Canary is dead. The song is finished. The laughter silent. The dream dead. She tells them to cut the wagons loose, but they try it a thousand times. As soon as they cut one vine, two more spring up in its place. That's China's magic. What would have been great is a bit of showing. If if that made sense. But yeah. like, yeah. Also, China's dead, so the magic should not work anymore. Yeah. Mm. That's how it works in every other kind of witchcraft That's situation. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> true. That's how your basic witch works. Yeah. <laughs> you should at least this give it a try. after all. It is. As she gets off a horse, she drops the ruby. It's a ruby again. It starts to sparkle. A miracle. The Ragnix can choose another queen. Hurry, bring all the virgins. Oh, I lost my fucking shit at that. Hurry, bring all the virgins. I they only have shit. two. Bring all the virgins. There's only two. I don't care. Bring them. Well, we haven't got to there being two yet because the barbarians are back in Lime Tree sneaking around. They find Canary and fight some of Kadar's guards. Kadar runs away. He just flees. He's like... Mm. I'm done. I'm out, bitches. <laughs> and then, yeah, Ebar is testing the two virgins that they have to see if the <laughs> ruby will fit in their belly buttons. I thought this was so mysterious and wonderful as a child. Yeah. And now it's just really weird. Yeah. It's so dumb, but also I get it. And, like, for, like, children as well, like, it does seem mystical and magic, that kind of way It would have made a lot more sense if we'd ever seen it in Canary. In somebody yeah. else's belly button. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> is very no true. to set it up. It's 40-something minutes into the movie when it's called the Belly Stone. Yeah. Yeah. Is and it, it and called the Belly Stone? I didn't even refer to it. As she refers to it, it as that. It's the Belly Stone. <laughs> God, this movie, it fucking has everything. Yeah. It fits neither virgin. They're both very upset. Yeah. Iba wants wants as many to try, and they just drag her over. Yeah, as many does not want a I piece of it. It doesn't really make sense as to why he wants her to try, I don't but know. I guess anyway, sixth sense. She's no virgin, but it's no time for subtleties. <laughs> Hold her still and uncover her but belly. Then if, if it's not, if we're not worrying about virgins, try all the other women. Why yeah. not Allura, his wife? <laughs> yeah, or any of the women in the tribe, because at this yeah. point they don't know she's Kara, so yeah. she's just some random that's not a Raznik. <laughs> yeah. He licks the ruby and then sticks it into her no, belly. No, yeah, he I licks didn't the see ruby. that. He How did I miss that? Well, didn't. that would give it suction. He should have tried that with, with the, the other, other ladies. <laughs> And it fits. Aww. She is their queen, but she's yeah. not a Ragnik. What are they going to do? Ah, uh, it's okay. She's Kara and she has the mark of the open road. Yeah. Also, is the mark of the open road just like a tattoo of like being bumped? <laughs> you know what I mean? It just looks it's like so a funny. dot. In the, in the opening, when they're putting the mark of the open road on the two they're twins. They're clearly just drawing with pen or something. It, no, no, no. It's just a paintbrush. It's just yeah. a piece of black with uh, a smudge <laughs> with a paintbrush. It yeah. has no form whatsoever. And then That's later cool. we see that it's a circle with like a it's an wave open, or something. I did not think, like, they said that they'd marked them, but I thought that it was paint. I didn't think that they had given the Mm. children tattoos. I just thought Imagine how stretched out they'd be on those those traps. Yeah. (laughs) That is very true. It'd be a big mark. Yeah. The barbarians are back at the fucking waterfall exit. Yeah. How did that happen? I love that. I don't know. They climb up 
and then are suddenly in the past from the beginning of the movie. Wait, wait, wait. Did <laughs> yeah. they climb up the they waterfall? Climb. No, no. There is so much they of this. They fucking come out of the waterfall. There's a thing and they If you go, go in any direction they- from that waterfall, you will end up somewhere. <laughs> very important. You will definitely end up somewhere important <laughs> for the plot. It's like, a, it's like a fully like breaking fourth wall location in the yeah. movie. You just go side to side and like you're in the next scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're in the past from the beginning of the movie. <laughs> it's gold. Where they find Kadar on his horse. Fucking hell. He does. Oh, that is the past from the start of the movie. Yeah. Also, does it not feel like a little bit Spanish vibe when he's like doing his shit? Okay. No? I don't know. It feels very like uh, uh, once upon a time in Mexico with the flourishes and things like that. No? I think that's just his outfit. Yeah, true. He dazzles them with a shield that we've never seen before. Yeah. (laughs) Set up payoff. I also have seen that in like an old Kung Fu movie when like these like. Something reflective. (laughs) They break the shield. He puts his sword away and turns his back on them, luring them in before attacking (laughs) with twin daggers. So good. I mean, like if you do this, like off a horse, it could work. You know what I mean? I know where people are. I've got great reflexes. I'm going to turn my back at you to like lure you in. But on a horse, that shit don't turn quick. They drag him off the horse and they face off. And here we go, kids. He draws a crossbow from underneath his thing and goes to fire it. But he's missing the two fingers because he just forgot that he's missing fingers. What's great about that? Did he forget that he doesn't have fingers? Yeah. He's trying to fire a fucking crossbow. He reaches for the trigger and he can't reach because he doesn't have fingers. <gasps> yeah. Did he not prep that weapon himself? You know what I mean? Like he knows he has to fire it. Also, quickly switch to your other hand. Also, like, is this not like a fucking great play on Chekhov's gun? It's not setting up the gun that you will use at the end of the scene. It's setting up the two fingers that you will not be able to use the gun at the end of the scene. That's why at the beginning of the podcast, I called them Chekhov's fingers. But it's just, it's very, you call everything Chekhov's shit, but it's just no, a clever play. No, I do it specifically to one object or yeah. plot point in every podcast because it's the thing that's going to come back at the end. Yeah, sure. But what I'm saying is it's kind of clever because the crossbow is essentially a gun. You know what I mean? So you could sure. check off would have put a gun and it's going to be used. But mm. this is removing of the fingers so the gun can't, can't be, be used. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. There's a cleverness there. Yeah. The barbarians both throw their swords and kill him. And that's <laughs> the end of Kadar. The throwing swords move was pretty good. Ragnicks are riding along on their wagon and they happen to be in the same fucking pass. <laughs> Yep. Well, if you go anywhere and near stop. the waterfall. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And they stop they, as they hear the moose calls of the barbarians and everyone yes. is reunited. Yay. They ride off across the field. I want the reins. I want the reins. I don't like the rain. I don't like the rain. Good. I like the rain better. Freeze frame, roll credits, original song, Ruby Doll. <laughs> and that is The Barbarians. What a fucking picture. What yep. a movie. Yep. Fuck. That was a movie. 
that was in fact 86 minutes of moving images. <laughs> it was it was a tight movie. It was it, it could have things cut out of it, but it didn't feel like I it I don't think there's to. anything you could cut out of it. I think there's a lot more more things you could put in it so that it makes fucking sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. true. You could no, but what I mean is like you could cut down on like the opening montage, the whole I like chase. the opening montage. I want more of the opening <laughs> montage. Yeah. yeah. It was great, but it definitely went on for a long time. And yeah, the opening chase the, as I would have well. liked some scenes with with them, with the Resnicks, with the baby twins, yeah. Like I would, I would have enjoyed getting to know everybody like, a bit better. But we didn't I have an that, emotional like, that's, pull. That's how I feel about any move. I always yeah. like the get to know you part the best, even though sometimes it's a nice move to just start in on the action. But yeah, I just like getting to know characters, but especially you're right. when the characters are fun. You're right though, because we didn't have any emotional pull to the barbarians until like the fight, really, and we got to yeah. see what they are like. Yeah. Yeah. An appropriate age to have seen the barbarians. It's not appropriate, but I'll say like, this is a great time for like an eight-year-old. You know what I mean? There's there's boob in it, and there's some things that are not really okay. But like a lot of it, you can just get past. Like the version I was watching, I couldn't tell there was boob in it really because it just was not very good quality. Yeah, and I don't think boobs are a problem. But I think um, yeah, true. A lot of the I stuff agree. that's <laughs> boobs are not a problem. Let's champion that. I think a lot of the um, problematic stuff kind of would pretty easily go over a kid's head watching this movie because there's enough flashy nonsense to distract you that it would, I don't think it's necessarily an issue. So yeah, I'd go five. Five? Ooh, nice. Yeah, I'll go five. I'll lower it. (laughs) (laughs) I was probably five or six when I saw this movie. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And also like, even though you said you had nightmares from the dragon, I believe being scared as a kid and seeing things that scare you is a very good thing to happen. Absolutely. Positively agree. Yeah. Kids gateway horror. Where the yeah. fuck is all the kids gateway horror now? Yeah. Like we, I think I've said this before actually, but where's the, where's like, there's like used to be cartoons and stuff that were like horror based. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't have them anymore. Yeah. Would you watch this movie again if you're in free will? Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. 100%. I think, again, like a lot of the movies lately, I think this is one that would be fun with a crowd. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is one that I would like. If people, not that, like, besides you guys, I can't watch movies with anyone. No one besides my fiance will sit down and watch a movie with me. It's, it's also a good movie that you don't necessarily need to sit and watch properly, like in terms 100%. of with a crowd. Like you could board game night or whatever. Like yeah. have, have a few drinks and then you're going to stick a movie on. Yeah. This is a good movie to have on in the room with people because even if the people aren't paying attention the whole time, suddenly something funny will happen and then everybody can have a nice conversation about the barbarians yeah. on TV. So mm-hmm. I think it's a, good, it's a good time. It's perfect. Yeah, this is also one of those ones that you could like be like get people together to specifically show you and go, I got to show you yeah. this great movie. It's a lot of fun. And it's not very long either. So people tend to like 86 minutes. You, it's not your whole evening. Yeah. It is, it's fucking dope. Like, it's such a good time. I'm actually, I was concerned. Yeah? I was concerned I'd gone too far. I don't think you went too in far. Terms of, in terms of competence. Yeah. No, like but a we've, basic competence of a, of, of a movie. I mean, right? but we've seen some movies. I mean, bad taste, is, bad taste is its own thing, right? Yeah, but, yeah, but that's I wonder, deliberately that way. Yeah, you know what I, I wondered mean? if I'd gone too far, but I'm glad that you both enjoyed it. Yeah. A rating for the barbarians, the way that we rate movies is on a five-star scale with one being I hated this movie, two being I didn't like this movie, two and a half being I liked parts of this movie, it was fine, three being I liked this movie, four being I love this movie, and five being this is one of my favourite movies of all time. Four. I love this movie. It was a fucking great time, uh, yeah. Cool. yeah. Good for you. <laughs> it's a hard one, right? Yeah, because it's like, I don't know whether I would say I love parts of this, like that I love parts of this movie, but I feel like a three is too low. Mm. 
but I don't know if I do. I, I think it's do, I, do, do I love any of it? The silliness, I, I love. I love them. I like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll give it, if 3.25 was a thing, just for the record, that's we're probably where I'd go. I'm going to go a low 3.5. Yeah. Interesting. I was a three, but talking about it, I think raised it. I'm a 3.5 as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, say what you will about competence, but this just shows yeah. that movies aren't always about the craft aren't always about the art. You know what I mean? It's just about a it's good time. A, it shows that movies don't have to be perfect to yeah. be awesome. Things don't have to be well made to be, to be enjoyable. Yeah. Right. But there's also, and there's also craft in things that are not well made because this movie looks fucking gorgeous. Fucking true. Actually, are, th- this movie fails in lots of like what traditional categories of what you would call good in filmmaking. Yeah. Right? But it also excels in certain places as well. It looks fucking great. It's a really good, Good looking, good looking movie. It's very well, it's very well desi- designed. It's competently shot. There are aspects of the sound that are a little off, but that's because of the nature of the way that they they make yeah. the movies in the, in this era. So yeah, absolutely. It's it's very interesting the ways in which this movie looks good. You know what I mean? It's not just like, oh, it it looks everything looks so sharp and amazing. It's just like the world that it's in still kind of, you know how we've discussed like looking like a set, Mm -hmm. like that swamp looks like a set. Oh, that's built in a studio. Yeah, for sure. But it's still, uh, um, what are you doing? There's a, there's a bug in the room. What do you want from me? You don't have to. (laughs) I thought you were like, no, stop talking. There's something (laughs) something flying at my face. If there's no stop talking, I say shut up, Brody. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, it's something about it where it still it still looks good enough to be something that you can suspend belief in, you know. Next week, hey, the way oh, that we fuck, it's not my turn. No, you picked this. The way that we pick movies is Brody and Kira alternate taking picks from three choices I prepared from the store. This week is Kira's pick. If a movie remains unpicked for three times, it's struck out and taken off the list. Although I can bring it back at a later date of my choosing. And this week. Because you guys only chose new movies for the past few weeks, uh-huh. it means that this is the first time ever that we have had a clean slate of three, mm. three movies, which means I will be returning a movie to the list. That's very exciting. Oh, if, it's very roll, exciting. if it's Roller Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Did she call it? You'll find out. First if on it's the- not Roller Boys, we riot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> first on the list, I present to you Sam Raimi's Dark Man. Ooh, shit. Ooh, that's an interesting looking cover. That In the coveted orange com- case. Comic book movie? Yes, but no. Comic book Superhero style movie. movie. Comic book style but movie. But not actually based on a comic book. Can I yeah. read it? Yeah, used your best commentary vo- um, voiceover voice for that uh, text <clears throat> on the front for me, please. Dark Man. They destroyed everything he had. Everything he was. Now, crime has a new enemy and justice has a new face from the director of Evil Dead. That definitely sounds like a a superhero comic book movie, doesn't it? Does a little bit. Fuck yeah. It's also got fucking, uh, what's his name? Taken Boy. Taken Boy? Yeah, Taken Man. Okay. He had a whole fucking career before he started being in those movies, and you need to be more respectful And his name that. is Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson. Jesus I, Christ. Guys, you know I'm bad with names. <laughs> Your second choice. My second choice, sir. Your second choice is Ghost in the Machine. <gasps> oh. Shit. Was hey. that what I think it is? It's the one from the trailers. We saw the trailer. It was trailer. $2.95 at Video Easy. Oh, 
Don't worry. It's I not Lawnmower Man. No, I thought it, I thought it was like a live action Ghost in the Shell. It's a thriller. Like, like from like the eighties. Fuck man. Again, you can use your voice for that opening <clears throat> thing. Ghost in the machine. They said the killer was better off dead. They were wrong. Plug into your worst nightmare. <laughs> Getting good at that voice. You've been saying that for every episode. Yeah. I'm fucking good at that voice. That's a fun time. And yeah. that's a green case. Ooh, I've, I haven't seen a green case. And returning to the list, the first of our rejects, I present to you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't give her what she wants. Showdown in Little Tokyo. Yes, kid, yes. Starring Brendan Lee and Dolph Lundgren. I thought I was getting roller boys. <laughs> Showdown in Little Tokyo. One's a warrior, one's a wise ass. They're two L.A. cops going after a gang of Japanese drug lords. Feet first. <laughs> okay. So, so let me just explain why it's not Roller Boys. Because I feel like ro- no, no, no. Because I feel like Roller boy- Boys. That's putting is a like, hand on the scale. Well, not even a hand on the scale. It's just like, oh, okay, it's going to be Roller Boys, right? Yeah. I wanted to put you in a position where you need to choose by giving you something that I know you want, which is a Brendan Lee movie. They got rejected and really should not have the first time around. But also giving you two fucking insane other choices to make it difficult for you. Can we agree that we will not let? Showdown in Little Tokyo, go. I think we're agreed on that. Because I don't really want to pick it this week. I, I want to pick Ghost in the Machine. Oh, really? Because we got so excited about that trailer. And in the past, we've gotten really excited about trailers and then not picked it because we get distracted by other things. I don't remember the trailer. We loved it. It's of the very short-lived serial killer gets stuck inside a computer genre. <gasps> yeah. Oh, but Darkman. I'm not saying I won't pick Darkman next time I get a chance. Because uh, that also looks interesting and I love Sam Raimi. But I, I'd like a handshake deal from you that oh, <laughs> no. you're going to help me out with this. Not unless you give me a handshake deal that you will pick Darkman. I mean, I might pick Darkman. Yes, um, you won't give it to me. Depending on what ends up. Because it could be that you pick Darkman next and I'll pick it after so that. It's just that I we, can choose we, from two of them. I don't have to choose Showdown in Little Tokyo next week, but it has to be it a has contender. To be, it has to be picked by one yeah. of us. I just don't want it to be picked this week. So either you pick it next week or I pick it the week after. Yep. Because we can't let it go again. Yeah. But, yeah, I, but, I'm, yeah, yeah. but I'm scared not to pick it because we lost it before. <laughs> I don't want to lose it again, but I really want to <laughs> pick Ghost in the Machine. I'm... I'm Look, I don't think we can go wrong. I don't think we can go wrong. We can go wrong if we don't pick it at all. (laughs) That's my problem. That would be a shame. It's, yeah. I remember remember how mad the internet got at us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I do love Brandon Lee. I forgot how much I love Brandon Lee. Fuck those clowns. Fuck me. No, but it's, and it's a good, and Brandon Lee, and we'll we'll enjoy. Dolph Lundgren looks good. Yeah, like, uh, look, I don't think that I'm asking a hard thing from you to go, hey, seriously consider picking this next week. We're not going to lose with any of these choices. I'm happy to choose Showdown Little Tokyo if next week. Darkman isn't drawing me in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And the third choice doesn't complicate matters. You're going to have to put your hand hard on the scale for I me can to put, cross. I can, I can then go, well, fuck you, can. I'm picking the showdown in Little Tokyo on the third, third yeah. go. I'm not going to lie. The How much I upset you by not choosing Roller Boys has bringing me so much joy. If it's given to me again, I'm not going to pick it. <laughs> I understand that. That's why I will definitely pick it. I just don't want us to miss out on Showdown Little Tokyo just because I don't feel like watching it this week. Wait. But we're in agreement. Ghost in the Machine this week. Yes. Yeah. 
with the understanding that we will pick Shodan in Little Tokyo Correct. at a future time. Correct. Yeah. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. We will. <laughs> we will. I don't know why I like act like that. I want to watch that fucking movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't want us to miss out on Ghost in the Machine because it felt like one of those things where we would forget that we enjoyed the trailer so much. It's going to be real fucking fun. And we did really like that trailer. Yeah. And I think it'll be it'll be fun in in that make fun of the crappy technology and I and, also feel and, like we haven't had one of those kind of dramery ones, you know, where it's mm. like high stakes, but it's also like drama. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't okay. Know whether it's Good drama. Luck. No? Good luck, fellow trouble. People fighting computers, bare knuckles. <laughs> I imagine there's going to be like crappy digital effects of what they think the inside of the internet looks like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. With the lines and just like crappy digital. That's what it looks like. Yeah, right? Like <laughs> I think that there's just going to be a lot of that and I think that that's going to be a fun time. Yeah, the ms Not in a this is a well-made movie way but in a that's hilarious that that's what they thought was gonna, that was going to look like. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy. Let's do that. Yep. Ghost, Ghost in the Machine. Ghost in the Machine, dears. Uh, don't like, don't subscribe, stay off the internet, make better life choices. Definitely don't uh, use the waterfall entrance. Follow <laughs> us at Weed Kid Video on Instagram and Twitter. With all of that said, though, don't listen to what he just said because Good Life Choices is listening to this podcast. Exactly. We're a great yeah. podcast. What are you talking about? Yeah. And do it whilst you're outside making Good Life Choices. Why not? Yeah. Outside's great. <laughs> Kian says fuck you to the internet. We say fuck you, Kian. I'm taking my name off the podcast. <laughs> you can't do that. You're, you're, you're the spine. We're the co-hosts, <laughs> not the hosts. And we bring just- on the virgins. Scene. <laughs> 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 Scene, <Seen>, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>